others to be able to address the issue once and for all. This is just one tactic in our arsenal that we're, we feel is, a, is appropriate and necessary at this stage. Two prisoners, one a convicted murderer, have absconded from an open prison in Buckinghamshire. It happened in the early hours of Sunday morning at Spring Hill Open Prison in Grandon Underwood. The men are 46-year-old Darren Douglas from Birmingham, who was serving a life sentence for murder in 1998, and 32-year-old Ricardo Dunn from Burnley, who was serving a sentence for GBH in 2009. Thames Valley Police say the men should not be approached, but may have travelled out of the area. The deputy leader of Welling Hatfield Council has denied claims made about him in a government report on Jimmy Savile's abuse at Broadmoor Hospital. In the report, Alan Franey is accused by staff of having about 50 affairs and contributing to a climate of inappropriate sexual behaviour. More from Tony Fisher. The Department of Health report includes allegations by staff that Franey put it about a bit and was using his accommodation for inappropriate activities. Franey denies this and claims the various stories of about 50 affairs were attempts by those opposed to change at the hospital to discredit him. He says he has no intention of resigning his position as deputy leader. Australia's Prime Minister Tony Abbott has said he's gutted and dismayed to hear that Rolf Harris has been found guilty of indecent assault. The entertainer was convicted yesterday in London of 12 charges involving girls and young women. He'll be sentenced on Friday. Mr Abbott says the case has been closely followed in Australia. This person who was widely admired uh, uh, seems to have been a perpetrator. So, so look, uh, um, uh, I feel gutted and dismayed, uh, but uh, it's very important that we do everything we humanly can to protect vulnerable young people. Police in Portugal investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann are expected to start interviewing a number of suspects. All of them hold Portuguese passports. At least one of them was born in Russia. A motorcyclist was seriously injured in the crash which closed the M25 on the Hertfordshire-Essex border yesterday afternoon. Two lorries, a cart and two motorcycles were involved in the collision at around 12.30. The motorway reopened yesterday evening. In sport, Germany will play France in the World Cup quarterfinals. The Germans needed extra time to beat Algeria 2-1, whilst France beat Nigeria 2-0. And Andy Murray's through to the Wimbledon quarterfinals after a straight sets win over Kevin Anderson. The weather dry and sunny, maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Quite quiet, but very pleasant. Attractive rural provincial town. And all this week we're featuring Tring. Best thing about Tring is the people. Best thing about Tring is the beautiful countryside around Tring. It's all about where you live. I love it. It'd be hard pushed to find anything better. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. The best thing about Tring is it rhymes with ring. Yeah? Guys? Guys? Bueller? Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, I got up too early this morning. I had a two-year-old in bed with me, my son, and uh, oh, he's enough chatter all night. And I got up too early. The alarm went off, and instead of hitting the snooze, I had to get up and get out ninja style. Otherwise, he'd be here with me this morning, and that would be a whole heap of mess. Lots coming up. Criminal gangs. Nervous cyclists, and we may be lucky enough to see political reporter Paul Scoynes in Lycra. Lycra, Lycra. Here's the thing, why do cyclists, why do they wear Lycra? What's wrong with bicycle clips? Everyone thinks they're Bradley Wiggins or some other has-been. 
Lovely. Yeah, I got a bike, got some lycra. Why? Just wear your normal clothes. Goodness sakes. Oh wait, four five nine, four double five, five double five. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. What's what's wrong with buying a bike and riding it in your normal clothes and wearing bicycle clips? Why why, why is everybody rushing to get lycra? It's disgust. Even fit people, even hot women with cute bums and buff men with firm buttocks look awful in lycra. No one looks good. BBC Three Counties Radio. I prefer the Neil version, if I'm completely honest. Now, Bedfordshire police have been given permission to impose what amounts to a curfew in two areas where crime and antisocial behaviour have increased dramatically. People in Round Green and Wigmore have been complaining about gangs of teenagers and older men dealing drugs, threatening and abusing them, and generally acting as if they own the place. Well, Catherine Boyle uh, joins me. Catherine, for those who don't know, what is a dispersal order? Right, a dispersal order gives police the power to move two or more people 
from a public place, regardless of whether they've actually done anything. So if an officer suspects that they're making a nuisance of themselves, or maybe about to, and this can simply be by being an intimidating presence, those people will be told to leave the area, and they're either told to leave straight away or given a defined time. And the understanding is that if they turn up there again within 24 hours, they risk being arrested. Now, dispersal orders have to be made known to the public, hence uh, us talking about it this morning, and they can be in place for a maximum of six months, which is the case for these uh, two areas of Luton, Wigmore and Round Green. What are the areas like now? Well, according to the council's report into this, from February to March this year... um, No, it's, it's not that. Hang on a second. It's February... It's a three-month period at the beginning of this year. I'll check. I'll double-check yep. it, but it's not February to March. Crime and antisocial behaviour was up 30% in the, on the same time last year. Now, we've sent reporters down there on a number of occasions in the last uh, few weeks, and we've had a real problem getting people to open up about what's actually going mm. on. Now, when people have spoken to us, it's been while either looking over their shoulders, asking not to be identified. A lot of people have told us they wouldn't speak, or told us there wasn't a problem at all and moved on very quickly. Now, when Look East went there yesterday, people were asking not to be filmed. So, clearly, there's a problem problem with people feeling threatened and intimidated out of speaking up but people who did dare to talk to us told us that a small minority is acting as if they run the place they're dealing drugs openly they're threatening and abusing anyone who crosses their path which has led to some residents telling us that they're avoiding certain areas in order to stay out of these people's way others told us that they don't want to go out at all anymore here's what happened when justin went to wigmore hell of a lot of druggies it's more the school youngsters than the sort of school leavers, if you know what I mean. It's like the younger generation, but... What, during the day, during the evening, or, or both? Uh, I'd say both, to be fair. I mean, there's, there's kids selling drugs in schools, and it's ridiculous. It really is bad. And here in the evening, around these shops, lots of kids hanging around in, in big groups. I don't come here in the evenings, for that reason. There's no point. There really is no point. And you're 30, and you're saying uh, yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that's So you can it. imagine it's somebody in their 60s or 70s? Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, I've, I've, my nan, she had her bag snatched just down the road. I've had motorbikes stolen from me. So, yeah, no, it, it used to be a premium to live here, but not anymore. So if you come here in the evening, as far as you're concerned, as a, as a young male who's 30, you can look after himself, yeah. even you're scared. I wouldn't put myself in a situation where something may happen. Well, when you come here to shop in the evenings, there's groups of children hanging, well, youths, I should say, and girls hanging about in the doorway of Asda and around, just loitering with intent, I'd say. And how old are we talking? From 14 to 18, I'd say. And groups of how many? Six, seven, maybe more some nights. Do you feel quite intimidated? Yes, you would do, yes. It's quite intimidated, yeah. They should do something about it, definitely. So what difference will this dispersal order make? Well, critics say it will just move the problem from one place to another and in six months' time we'll be back where we started. But the Community Safety Partnership, which is made up of the police and various council bodies, says this will give them more time to tackle underlying problems. We're talking about working out exactly who these teenagers and older men are, what they're up to, uh, and they'll be continuing to do that. They've already started that. But this is um, we're talking about warning visits to their homes as well as high-visibility patrols to let these gangs know that they are being watched as well as reassuring the public. Now, the parents of any young people involved in this behaviour will also be getting a visit and uh, efforts will be made to get the teenagers themselves to recognise what they're doing is wrong and to straighten up before it's too late. Also, they'll be putting more CCTV in areas that are worse affected. Now, residents in the area say that they would feel reassured by this dispersal order before it went in. Now it's going in. Hopefully they feel that way. Um, And they feel that agencies finally are doing what they can to tackle the issue in the area. The dispersal order will also allow police officers to talk with young people and divert them away from being involved in antisocial behaviour.
for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. On the speed sensors in Luton at the Kidneywood Roundabout, the approaches to the motorway building up a little bit, but not too busy yet. Uh, we have got some roadworks to watch out for on the Black Cat Roundabout. There are major roadworks on the A1 to add some traffic lights to some of the junctions and to make the roundabout bigger, so maybe a bit busier than normal around there. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. It's 6.16. It's Tuesday, the 1st of July, pinch punch and all of that. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Councillors in Luton have approved a dispersal order for two areas of the town. It follows complaints from residents in Round Green and Wigmore about antisocial behaviour. Two prisoners, one a convicted murderer, have absconded from an open prison in Buckinghamshire. It happened in the early hours of Sunday morning at Spring Hill Open Prison in Grendon Underwood. And the deputy leader of Wellin Hatfield Council has denied claims made about him in a government report on Jimmy Savile's abuse at Broadmoor Hospital. BBC Three Counties Radio.
Nick Coffer across beds, hearts and bucks. I'm at Bletchley Park today for a very, very important special occasion. For me, being out of the studio is about putting faces to names and bringing to life all that's brilliant about beds, hearts and bucks. If you know the high street here and you've never seen what goes on behind, you really should because it's like a whole new world. Nick Coffer. I think for my listeners, they get a chance to hear about places they may never have visited. In fact, they may never have heard of. And also, they hear the stories from the people that bring those places to life. That is one of the mysteries of Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks, on BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, Nick Coffer, of course. Uh, <clears throat> oh, I've got a frog in my throat. I think, my, I think I'm getting what, what I like to call a cold. I've, I've woken up with waxy ears. That's always the first sign for me, waxy ears. You get or me are that? you teething? I don't think I'm teething. I think, I think all of my uh, adult teeth are through. I hope so. I had a phone call from the dentist yesterday. Boy, oh boy, my heart sank. I felt like I was being told off. Your dentures ready? No, they were... Sorry? They were uh, phoning up about my boy. Ah. I breathed a sigh of relief. Yeah, let him have a tooth taken out <laughs> for bad dental management. I'm, I'm... Only got one filling. Well done. 41 years old, only got one filling. They stopped filling people's teeth willy-nilly when we were kids, didn't they? Um, well, they were, they were kind of whacking it about when I was a kid. I had, like, fisher seals. Do you remember those? No idea what right, that means. Right, my, my back teeth, they put these sort of white seals in as a preventative thing. What? They yeah. put pre- preventative... Because mm-hmm. I've got very groovy teeth. <laughs> Your teeth are very groovy, man. <laughs> very groovy. I, I wait, 459 455 555 is the telephone number, should you wish uh, to give us uh, a call. I'm, I'm desperately trying not to play this share song. Okay, well, hang on a second. How, how far away are we from a good song? Not very. Okay. Hang on. Can we have a bit of Noel Coward after half past six? Uh, yeah. I really fancy a bit of Noel Coward. I love Noel Coward. Go on then, I'll find a good one. All right, will you, 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 you sneak the kinks in? Because I'm, I'm, I don't want to play this. Oh, gosh. Oh, it's not even a good share song. No. Sounds like a new share song. Mm. Wow. Is it a Diane Warren? That's what it sounds like. One of those sort of schmaltzy ones That's that she a, finds on the a... floor of her... Okay. Yeah, they're going somewhere, love. I like a bit of Diane Warren. I don't know who Diane Warren is. She writes all the songs that sound like that. Okay. So, you know, we're talking uh, Michael, not Ball, the other one. Bublé. No, the one that had the mullet. Oh, he's bald now, isn't he? Yeah, Michael Bolton, all those sorts of songs. And the uh, Celine Dion's. I'll tell you what. Shall we let me let me speak to the guest? Do that. And we'll then do, by the time we'll, you've done that. I'll we'll have a good kink song. That's something to look forward to, isn't it? A good kink song after a good chat about bicycles. More than half of us are too frightened to get in our bicycles. That's according to a new BBC survey. The study has been timed to coincide with the Tour de France and suggests most of us uh, think British roads are too dangerous on two wheels. Well, uh, Paul Boyelli is the treasurer of the Stevenage and North Hearts Cycling Touring Club. They're right, aren't they, Paul? The, the, we don't want cycles on the road. It's dangerous. Well, that's, that's people's perception, I, I fear. Uh, they're frightened of the traffic, um, particularly in towns, and the state of the roads doesn't help either. So that, if that's people's perception, what what's the truth as you perceive it? Uh Cycling is a lot less dangerous in reality than people think. Um, the snag is, of course, every time some unfortunate person is killed in London by a lorry, that gets enormous national publicity. That puts people off. 
It can be quite... Inti- I, I haven't been out on a bike for a while, but it, the last time was maybe about six months ago, and it can be quite intimidating, can't it? Even on um, not not particularly busy roads. It, the cars get very close. It's not the same as cycling when you're, you're nine years old on a grifter or a chopper, is it? Uh, no, it isn't. And, and, and clearly the roads are busier than they used to be. Um, and but depends whether you're commuting to work, where, to some extent... Uh, particularly if you have to commute in town, the traffic's an inevitability, um, or whether you're enjoying a uh, quiet ride in the country uh, of, a, of a weekend afternoon. Uh, is there enough education for cyclists, do you think, Paul? Uh, well, well, it's available for those that want it. Ah. I, I mean, we, we have members of our group who are, who are actually cycle trainers. Oh. They go around schools and teach kids, um, particularly, um, how to ride. And, and they also uh, do courses for adults as I, well. I did my cycling proficiency. I got 97% in my cycling proficiency. Uh, it should be, if anyone's using the road, that, that, then it should be compulsory to have some form of training, shouldn't it? Whether it be in a car, a bicycle, or, or, or an electric buggy. Uh, well, that, certainly that's how you can argue that. Um, uh, and uh, many people would benefit from uh, an instruction and then going out with groups to gain confidence. Of course, that's what we do we, 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 when we go for our rides. Mostly, we're riding in a group, uh. and, and, and that's one of the things that helps p- to settle people down. Yes. They're riding in a group of people with experienced leaders, um, and they... Uh, gain confidence from that. Yes, I can see how that, that would help. Do you, do, you, do you ride in single file, or do you do that annoying thing of uh, two abreast and bunching up? Uh, well, both. <laughs> in, in, rea- in reality, because the rides are social, socials, uh, people like to ride with a friend and chat. Oh, you know how annoying that is. You can't chat. You know how annoying that is if you're in a car? Uh, well, uh, but the, the fact of the matter is, then, when cars come along, particularly on narrow roads, then we'd single out. And mm. we'd all form a long crocodile. Should you be having a chat when you're cycling? Does that not make things more dangerous? You should be, you should be focusing on the road, Paul. Uh, why? Um, because you're on a road. Yeah, but, but if, if you're, <laughs> are you saying the same thing, then, if you've got somebody in a car, you must not talk to them? No, but you're... You sa- must not have the radio on? No, Paul, the thing is, when you're in a car, that person, by the very nature and design of the car, will always be at the same level with you. I don't have to concentrate on being on the same level as them. Uh, but when you're on a bicycle, you have to put in some form of effort to, to make sure that you are parallel. Only minimal. Uh, it... it- by the time you've been riding for any length of time, it's instinctive. Yeah. I mean, as somebody says, once you've learned how to ride a bicycle, you don't forget. Okay, so it's a... Now, now uh, clearly, there are occasions when you're traversing very broken-up road where you wouldn't be able to talk to somebody. Yeah. And you'd probably be spending all your time trying to avoid uh, bumping into them as you weave and batter your way across the potholes. And what's with the Lycra, Paul? What, what, what's wrong with a good old pair of bicycle clips? Uh, well, nothing. Um, uh, uh, but the thing about the Lycra is, it, is it's form-fitting. Yeah, it's I know, it's horrible. Yeah, well, it may, it's, not, it's not designed to be good to look at. Unless, well, I've got to see unless, your bum. Unless you've got an elegant figure. I've got to see your bum going up and down in front of me. Well, uh, tough. 
you know, that's, that's, the, that's the reality. Uh, but clothing has been expensive in the past, but is now very affordable. I mean, the, the, uh, the up-and-coming German supermarket chains um, sell, like, recycling gear now very affordably. Paul, you've put forward an excellent case for cycling. That's uh, Paul Boyelli, treasurer of the Stevenage and North Hearts Cycling Touring Club. Over to you, dear listener. What do you reckon? Are you too afraid to get on your bike? Maybe you think it's a good idea that that, that people are afraid to get on. But do, do, do we need more cyclists, really? And that, come on now, that is annoying when they bunch up and there's two of them having a chitty chat. Out the out the flipping way, for goodness sakes. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. There's a crack up in the ceiling, and the kitchen sink is leaking. Out of work and got no money. A Sunday joint to bread and pie. Catherine. Oh, yeah. Are you talking to me now? Yeah. You I'm sure? To you now. It's yeah. been a tense morning. Well, you know. It's been awkward, though. I like hijinks. We fell out. Well, no, we didn't. We did. Well. I did, I'm, I, I'm fine with it. But you're struggling to look at me without, without angering your eyes. <laughs> 
anger in my eyes. You're doing that. He messed messed about with my cues. Took half an hour for me to write something, and uh, he went in and put something silly in and overwrote everything. It wasn't. It was annoying, but it's fine. What I wrote wasn't silly. It, it was made you chuckle. Yeah, but yeah. What did I write? Well, it was the answer to the first question in our yeah. very series two. Work. So, what is a dispersal order? Well, you look very nice, Ian. Apparently, is what I was supposed to say. There you go. You see. Now, yes, it may have and completely that was more important than anything else I'd written. It completely muffed up everything you'd spent thirty minutes writing that morning. It deleted it and it got rid of it. And then I made a mistake in the actual two way. That's yeah, your yeah, fault. my fault. Okay, right. But the thing is, it was funny. So I don't see what your beef is, love. I find it funny about ten minutes when I've had another brew. <clears throat> oh, she's on the telephone. Okay, she's on the telephone. Fair we'll, we'll enough. Let we'll let her off there. We'll let her off there. Okay. Fair enough. Are we friends? Yeah. Kind oh, of. Alice. Morning. Oh, flipping it. You're perky. Yeah. That won't last. Uh, <laughs> does it? Does it sound like? Um, I forgot your name, Kathleen. Does it sound like Kathleen's forgiven me? <laughs> Doesn't does well, it? She, if she if she had, she probably hasn't now. Mm. Are we friends? Yeah. See? It's not... I've got to work with her it's all fine. morning. It's fine. Sounds fine. <clears throat> it's okay. <laughs> it will be all right. Yeah. In the end. Okay. Eventually. Can't, I can't look at you. Well, just let Alice do her thing. Yeah. Okay. Don't get in the way of her work. <laughs> I'll do it. Through messing around. Don't forget it. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors in Mark Yates, the A5 Redbourne bound already starting to build up around the Luton Road. Uh, the Park Street Roundabout 2, that's looking quite busy on the north orbital approach as you head away from Chiswell Green. The M25 anti-clockwise starting to build up at Junction 21 for the M1. Public transport, that's all looking good. We've got no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Councillors in Luton have approved a dispersal order for two areas of the town. It follows complaints from residents in Round Green and Wigmore about antisocial behaviour. Two prisoners, one a convicted murderer, have absconded from an open prison in Buckinghamshire. It happened in the early hours of Sunday morning at Spring Hill Open Prison in Grendon Underwood. And the deputy leader of Welling Hatfield Council has denied claims made about him in a government report on Jimmy Savile's abuse at Broadmoor Hospital. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Germany will play France in the World Cup quarterfinals. The Germans needed extra time to beat Algeria 2-1, whilst France beat Nigeria 2-0. The last two quarterfinal places will be decided today. Argentina face Switzerland at five, with Belgium versus the USA at nine. Elsewhere, Uruguay and Liverpool striker Luis Suarez has finally apologised for biting. Suarez says it will never happen again. And Cameroon's Football Federation are to investigate claims that seven of their players were involved in match-fixing at the World Cup. Cup, particularly a 4-0 loss to Croatia in their second game. Former Luton captain Ronnie Henry says his return to Stevenage feels like going home. He's back at the Lamex Stadium after leading the Hatters to the conference title and will face Luton in League Two next season. A lot of people have said to me that, what do you feel about going back to Luton? Yeah, I had mixed mixed feelings there, obviously with the supporters, the majority majority of them, 6,500 were absolutely fantastic. It was just that minor, minor few that obviously 
don't like it, the hardcore fans, but hey, I can I can go back there with my head held high. Meanwhile, Luton manager John Still says he's thrilled with the £100,000 signing of Andy Drury from Crawley. Drury left Kenilworth Road for Ipswich in 2011. And Milton Keynes-Dons are being linked with 21-year-old striker Tom Hitchcock, who's been released by Queen's Park Rangers. Andy Murray is through to the Wimbledon quarterfinals after a straight sets win over Kevin Anderson under the roof on centre court. I was dropping the ball a little bit shorter than I was the, the first set and a half, so I had to do a bit more running at the end. I uh, got a bit bit tentative, but it was a good win because he, uh, he was playing very well at the end, making it very tough for me. Murray will play Grigor Dimitrov in the last eight. Novak Djokovic also through after beating Joe Wilfred Songa. There are last 16 matches today for Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. In golf, Woburn hosts an Open Championship final qualifying event today. And in Cricket's Minor Counties Championship, Hertfordshire start the final day away to Staffordshire on 36 for one in their second innings, needing 408 to win. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, so, going to see Monty Python on Thursday. Very excited. How nice for you. And my sister and her husband. All right. You're taking him, are you? He's a nice guy. Then I've just booked tickets this morning as well to go and see them at the Does pictures. Does he like Monty Python? Does he even, he's a Kiwi, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very I love your Monty Python. Oh, he's a Kiwi from America. Just chops. saying, if you didn't want to go... He's going. He's coming, it's going to be fine. They've got a babysitter now. Uh, and then I booked a ticket... Well, he going... could babysit. Well, no, he's coming. And I could drop my kids off. No. And I could come instead. No. Come it to the pictures. It would be a really good way of saying sorry. Come to the pictures with me. I'm muffing up my cues this morning. Oh, for goodness sake. I'm not coming to the pictures with you again. I'm, I'm going to go... <laughs> sorry about that. That was an accident. I just, When in dark rooms, I panic. <laughs> And I have to loosen everything. Um, yeah. The, I'm going on Sunday to the pictures to see them, the 20th. Oh, OK. Do you fancy coming to the pictures and seeing Monty Python, Dennis? No, because you offered a chance to come with yeah. you before. And then you, it's true. You got, you, I was supposed to be coming to explain to you what was going on in the cinema. Yes. And you didn't understand it, so you, I never got the invite. Do you remember what film we were going to see? No, I don't care what film it is. You seem to be puzzled anyway. It was Die Hard. Oh, well, that's right, yeah. yeah you've never hard. seen a Die Hard film, had you, you square? No, you I've loser. seen it. I'd seen it. You I was loser. going to explain it to you. What can we do for you, Dennis? Right, you've got three. First of all, your teeth. I've got all my teeth and I'm twice your age, so don't boast. Yeah, but you've got fillings, though. No, no I haven't got fillings. Well, you've got holes in your, your manky teeth. No I've, had, no, I've had two teeth out just lately, and mm. I was sorry to see the past of them, because they must have been at least 70 years old. Yes, well... Yes, and how did you keep all your teeth, Dennis? Because I thought when you were a young man, they used to whip them out as a preventative thing. Of course they did, yes. So, but I've got all my new ones. That oh, used to be a thing. Right. For their 21st birthday, yeah. people would have their teeth taken out. Yeah. So Dennis is saying you've got falsies, have you, Dennis? No. Oh. Mm. What do you mean by new ones, then? No, they're, they're, they're the it ones... It means it's adult teeth. teeth. You it know, means it's like adult teeth. He still calls them the new ones. Second teeth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. yes, OK, there's that, Dennis. What else? The other thing I want to play a song in a second. Round Green, it was a lovely place when I lived up there. It, it's gone worse since I left up there. Yeah, you, you were like the Cray Brothers, the Cray Twins. You, you kept yeah. order there with... The uh, right. Yeah, no, a little no threat problem. of violence. No problem. It's a nice place to bring up kids as well. Yeah, no, not now. And then cycling. Yes. I've got mine in the back bedroom. Oh, yeah. So I don't bother about other people cycling. Most of the senior cyclists yes. appear to think that the pavement is their property as well. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't obey the, the traffic lights. They're no. weaving in and out of the traffic. Yeah. And oh, a cyclist has to have at least the width of a car 
to ride in because otherwise you get too close, you knock the damn So, so you, you quite often strip down in your bedroom and start pumping away and sweating, do you? No, no, I don't strip down. I get it, just get in there with my pyjamas if necessary. So you get your pyjamas, you mount it, you, like, you start p- like, pumping away, you they're sweat. Not like, they're not like it. And then when you finish, you just climb off and get into bed and go to sleep. No, have a shower. Have a shower and then go he's to not sleep. not an animal, Ian. No, he's a, he's a lover. Well, thank you. Yeah. You're right there, to kiddo. You were right there. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you very much indeed. What a lovely image. Shall we have... There's not much in the papers. Shall we have... There's a bit. Well, shall we have a good share song? Yeah. This isn't share. Huh? This is telling us to share. Oh, no, hang on. That's the wrong... That's, um... I mean this one. Yeah, this is a good share song. This brings back bad memories for me. You probably can't say gypsy, can't say tramps, can't say thieves. Yeah, of course you can. It's share. I was born in the wagon of a travelling show. My mama used to dance for the money they'd throw. Mama would do whatever he could. Preach your little gospel. Sell a couple bottles of dollars. a share song. She should just re-release that song over and, like, over. over and over again. Uh, I suppose I suppose we should say Rolf Harris is a, a, a pervert and a paedophile. I mean, I suppose we should. It's on the... I was thinking we should mention Rolf Harris. It's on the front page, of course, of all the papers. Predator Rolf faces jail over sex assaults, um, says the Daily Express. Rolf and Savile stalk Broadmoor together, says the Sun. And the male for 50 years, he was the face of wholesome family TV. Now we know the truth. Rolf is a pe- predator who duped us all. But I don't know what you say about him. What do you do? Do you do, do, you do a phone-in? What do you think about Rolf Harris? Well, no-one's going to phone-in and say, oh, I feel sorry for him. Do you do a phone-in? Should, uh, should there be a tough sentence? On, well, yeah, of course there should. What do you say about him, really? I mean, if you want to say something about him, if you want to say something about him that isn't just, oh, isn't it terrible, mm-hmm. and we should hang him, then do. 08459 I've been thinking all morning of how do you do an interesting and different phone in 
about a man who's, who, you know, we all grew up and, and watched and uh, has been convicted of, of sex offences, some on, on a girl as young as seven. What do you say? It just goes to show you just can't tell. And I don't want to bring my daughters up worrying about everyone because you just can't tell. So I'm just wondering what you do as a parent to make sure that your children don't fall prey to people like this. Was it you who told me about a friend who worked with him? No. OK, right, I'll stop that story there then. Well, that wasn't me. But what do you do? I mean, you don't want to give your children too much information, you don't want to take away their innocence, and you don't want to make them frightened of the world. But you need to be listening to them, I guess. If anybody can, can think... If anybody can think of, of a, a, an interesting way of talking about Rolf Harris that's not only interesting but takes us somewhere that isn't just reactionary knee-jerk... I know some other shows on other stations last night were, were doing, are you shocked, you know, should he have a tough sentence? Well, yeah, I'm shocked. Yeah, we he should, should have a tough we, sentence. And we should be shocked. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what else you say. I don't, I don't know a way of making it worthwhile doing a phone-in on. So I'm going to kind of leave it up to you, dear listener. If you have something new and, and interesting and different to say that takes forward the, 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 the story... Then 08459 455 555. If you don't, then don't call in on it. It's as simple as that, really. I just, we, we have to address it, but I don't quite know beyond what we've just done how we do that. Catherine, is there anything of note in the papers? There's a. F- You've got Cliff Richard looking like a plum. Yeah, exactly. And it seems like a weird ju- juxtaposition, actually. Um, but yeah, what on earth? There's a couple of people looking like plums in the papers, actually. And I honestly, I'm no Joan Rivers. I'm not the fashion police. But at the same time, we don't need to be to recognise that um, some people are uh, show offs when yeah. it comes to clothes and they've fallen flat. You've got Ronnie Bar. Uh, Ronnie. Barker, Barker. Corbett. Ronnie Corbett here in tartan trousers next mm. to his daughter. He's oh, wearing dear. a leather skirt with it virtually slashed to the waist in a bra showing through. You know, they've gone out of the way to show off. She looks terrible. And Cliff Richard looking like a stick of rock. What is he wearing? It's like a humbug. What is he wearing? That's You go out, you, you don't just find suits like that. You have to have them made. He's gone to um, uh, to Wimbledon and he looks like a uh, it looks like an idiot. Hi Whereas guys, I'm here. Ilya Nastasi, who was a tennis champ in the 70s, Oh, he looks good. I want to. How, how old is Nastasi now? Sixty-seven. Romanian, uh, former world number one. Um, is he actually was in the he military? Was he a military man, or is he just like the look? Uh, his, his military rank is merely honorary. Wow! He, in two thousand, <laughs> this is brilliant. In two thousand and eight, he was named retired major general by. Uh, um, anyway. He's dressed up as a general. So there's no need for that. He's not a general. He looks great. He's got um, he's got kind of nice, slightly longer hair than would normally be appropriate. He's, he looks, you know, he's put on a bit of weight, but he looks good. He's handsome. He's greying, and he's dressed as a general for no reason other than he, he feels like dressing like a general. We should all dress up like military men. Uh, another th- well, event where people have been dressing up. Um, is uh, Cool Britannia 2. The Prime Minister, David Cameron, I think his name is, has invited celebrities to um, to turn Downing Street. Not quite as impressive as it was in 96, 97, whenever it was, when Tony Blair got in and yeah, he had, had pop Oasis stars. But did they know they were there? He's got Tess Daly, mm. Catherine Jenkins, Eliza Doolittle and Michael McIntyre. The headline in the Express, PM salutes the cream of British talent. Let's just go through the cream again. Hang on a minute. There's one that stands out there as not being part of the general trend of the invitees. Go on. McIntyre. Yeah. He's invited a load of babes over and then McIntyre. Well, he's invited a load of people. Jenkins, um, Daly, Jenkins, Doolittle and McIntyre. Oh, for goodness sakes. Wouldn't it be a shame if a bomb went off then? For goodness sakes. 
Of course, it would be a shame. That would be horrific. But hardly the cream of British talent. Do, do little Daly and McIntyre. Jenkins, I'll give you. What a fascinating conversation. Oh, well, the, the thing is about being at number 10 is why they put little chocolates on the pillow before you go to bed. What's that? Who comes in and puts the chocolates on the pillow before you go to bed? What's that all about? It's not bad, is it? Yeah, so that's McIntyre having the conversation. The others would just nod and smile, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. And Daly would wait for going, with my old fuck you? There's another story about um, a treatment going wrong in a beauty salon. Oh, yeah, this the is good, this one. 13-year-old girl, her eyebrows are a right state. She's had, uh, she went for a wax and um, some sort of tinting. She's 13? Yeah. That's nuts, That isn't strikes it? me as being very young to be sort of worrying about you. Of all things, your eyebrows. Where are they from? Uh, you, know I'm, you know I'm making a judgment, don't you? Go on. Uh, they're from up north. No. Where are they Midlands. from? Midlands. Oh, you can use this on Saturday. Oh, I'll have this. Solihull. Oh, yeah. Where, if you say Solihull, that shows you're from the posh end. Yeah, yeah. It's just, why would you let a 13 year old go? What, what she had? A waxing? Her eyebrows waxed. Oh, for crying Okay, out and, uh, and tinted. Right. Again, as a mother of two daughters, there are certain things you shouldn't be worrying about at 13, and yeah. I would suggest your eyebrows are one of them. Shouldn't they be being told that they are gorgeous how, how they are? Never mind being taken along to have their eyebrows flipping waxed off. 08459 555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound looking very heavy at the moment between junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. Also on the M25 anti-clockwise, slow between junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Also looking heavy now between junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Public transport still looking good with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties yeah, Radio. Yeah, Glossop. 6.46, it's um, Tuesday the 1st of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Councillors in Luton have approved a dispersal order for two areas of the town. It follows complaints from residents in Round Green and Wigmore about antisocial behaviour. Two prisoners, one a convicted murderer, have absconded from an open prison in Buckinghamshire. It happened in the early hours of Sunday morning at Spring Hill Open Prison in Grendon Underwood. And the deputy leader of Wellin Hatfield Council has denied claims made about him in a government report on Jimmy Savile's abuse at Broadmoor Hospital. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a fine day today. A bright but chilly start again, but things warm up pretty quickly as we've got plenty of sunny spells on the way. There will be some cloudy at times as well, but uh, not too many showers around today. One or two, um, but I think for most of us it should be a dry day with temperatures reaching 19 or 20 degrees Celsius. And tonight we've got clear skies, a dry night as well. A bit cool, but not as chilly as it was last night with temperatures down to 10 or 11 degrees Celsius. And tomorrow another fine day on the cars. The winds changed direction, so a bit more um, favouring the east and it's followed by another clear night with temperatures up to 21 or 22 degrees Celsius. And those temperatures get even more healthy on Thursday. Another fine and warm day. But on Friday, they start to go downhill a little so it becomes breezy, it clouds over and we've got a wet couple of days to come just in time for the weekend, I'm afraid. That's your latest forecast. 
every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show, 9 o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying soon. We don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person who can sort this out. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right. Oh, oh dear, let's try that. Hang on, let's try that again. Right, that's better. Now, the Samaritans are encouraging us to make more of an effort with our neighbours as part of a campaign called Talk To Us, which is launched today. They're keen for us to reach out to uh, uh, each other a bit more in life and say simply asking how someone is can make a huge difference. Well, Geoffrey Stone joins me now from the Samaritans. Morning, Geoffrey. Where did this idea come from? Yes, good morning, Ian. Um, well, the idea, it's a national campaign. Um, through, through July, we normally run some sort of a campaign to uh, increase awareness of Samaritans. And uh, this year, this is what we're doing. We're, we're asking people to do something they wouldn't normally do, to be in contact with someone else. And, you know, what can you do to brighten someone's day? So that's what we're doing. But what, what, what is it? Knocking on your, someone's door or something? How is it supposed to work? No, different branches. There, there are 200 Samaritan branches in the country, and each branch is doing something different. So um, what we're doing is we're in Amersham Street Market this morning, and we're asking people to make a pledge and to, uh, you know, to, to do something that they, they wouldn't normally do. So that's what we're doing. We're, we're in Amersham Street Market all morning, okay. and we hope people will come down and see us. And, and so just to clarify, what exactly are you asking people to do? How are you hoping to, to improve people's lives? Well, we're asking people to make a pledge. And if I give you a couple of examples, um, I've, I've got one here that says, I, I'm going to ring my mum at least once a week for the whole month of July. Oh, blimey. That's a, that's a strong one, isn't She'd it? She'd drive me bonkers. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Another one, I'm going to ask my neighbours over for a barbecue. That could also drive you past. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give up my seat on the tube whenever someone needs one. That sort of... I mean, I've made my own pledge. Yeah, go on. What's yours, Geoffrey? Well, I'm going to contact um, an old friend that I haven't spoken to for a very long time. We changed Christmas cards. Uh, but this, this year, I'm, I'm, well, um, this week I'm going to give him a call. Oh. And, and see how he is. So. Hey, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. Right, Catherine, go on, you think of one. You, you do one. Well, I did one recently. I met up with a friend and we, we just never seemed to coincide. And yep. it was so good for the soul to yep. be back in touch with a friend who's just my friend. You know, she's not a mutual friend. Mine, my husband's just a friend from college. And it was like we were 25 again. Yeah. I'm, OK, right. Uh, this, is, this sounds fun. I'm, it sounds uh, uncomfortable fun. I'm going to go through my phone book today on my phone and phone up a friend that I haven't spoken to for a few months. Good idea. I don't know who. I'll have a little look. So well, that's the kind of thing, Jeffrey. That, that sounds like a really great thing to do, and you know we're really sort of appreciative of um, you know you're sort of getting behind us as well. Excellent stuff. All right, so just just tell us exactly where you're going to be this morning, so people can come and uh, have a look. Well, it's going to be in the street market in Amersham, uh, in Amersham Newtown. Lovely. And um, you, you'll see the Samaritans uh, banner there, and that's where we'll be. So what have, have we got good weather planned for today? Is that I think that's on the cards, isn't oh, it? I think so. I think it's good weather. Jeffrey, excellent stuff. The Samaritans do a lot of good work. Uh, I, I know they've helped lots of people. So. So keep on fighting the fight. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Geoffrey. There we go. That's uh, yes, uh, a nice little thing.
You got hips like hollow, curves like Monroe. You don't see it, you don't believe it. I try to tell you, you got it all going on, but you think I'm crazy. Yes, Roger Daltrey's going to be back on the road. Hey! Your pal, he never mentioned, did he? He didn't tell me when I was speaking to him. Because those were the nice fellas that gave you your award. Yeah, that was them. It's, we're back to the awards tonight. That was the overtones. And then that? the like yeah. Then it just, the pressure's on for another one now. I feel like another one. Yeah, yeah. We'll get another one. We'll get another one. We'll be fine. It's a piece of cake. Uh, don't turn, say that. It's a piece of cake. If we don't get another award this year, then I'm going to... Um, no, don't say anything. Kick a cat. Oh. 
Um, That's not very nice. The, the Who are going back on tour, boys yeah, and girls. And Roger Daltrey looks like my dad. It's a news. The, the news is full of old people. Monty Python. Uh, there's a thing about the Rolling. Oh, by the way, the Rolling Stones. Uh, Mick Jagger and uh, um, Charlie Watts have recorded a sketch. <laughs> yes, they have for Monty Python. And if, if, if there are any, if you're in any doubts as to whether Monty Python can still be funny, watch this sketch. It is flipping brilliant. And Charlie Watts steals it by saying nothing. Yeah, I was going to say it's mostly funny for the things that oh. I said. His face. His face. It's so funny. But I, Mick's on full on like, oh yeah, Charlie. Oh, what the what? I was just like, old men getting back together to make money. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's so funny. So the the Stones, Monty Python, it's all people over seventies. Uh, Ronnie Corbett, uh, Cliff Richard, the Who. It's all just a load of old men. Old old people are ruling the world. Right, time to bring out the old ladies. Yee, what old ladies are there? Who can we have the Queen? You got the Queen? Uh, you know we need to make a comeback. Yeah, French and Saunders. Uh, yeah, go on. I uh, yes, I found um, uh, um, Saunders very, very attractive. Did you? Yeah, I had a huge crush on her. I still have a huge crush on her. I think she's beautiful. They remind me of my kids, French and Saunders. But they were never funny. Oh, they were funny. I don't think they were. Yeah, they were funny. One of their sketches that's quite funny. Jaded. Yeah, one of their sketches that's quite funny is them as like posh middle class mums and their kids are painting. No, 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 do you paint, do it like this? And it's basically they do everything that the kids are supposed to that's do. That's me. But, but that's um, that's it. I like the ballet one. Well, she had a tutu on, and obviously she's not a ballerina stature. I like raw sex. They were good. They were good, but they were men. Roland Rivron. I've avoided him on a bus once. Did you? Why? Yeah. Well, I didn't want to talk to him. Did you know him? I knew him to say hello to. He used to live near me. Now, the Samaritans would say, go over and say hi, go, Roland. All right, today I'm going to go and say hello to Roland Rivron. If you see him on a bus. He's a nice fella. It's just one of those things you sort of half know someone and you haven't got anything to say. I've done that, run away, and yeah. I don't know why I was running away. I just didn't fancy saying hello. Here we go. Here's a phone in. Celebrities you run away from. I've run away from Roland Rivron. I've run away from um, uh, Hugh Dennis. I'd met him the night before because he was working with a friend of mine. And I had nothing to say to him then. And then he got on my, tr- my tube carriage. So I got off... Six stops early and walked. I think this might be a little bit in because obviously you are a, um, a celebrity of sorts. Celebrities you've avoided. All right, people. Or c- no, celebrities c- you pretended you haven't noticed. Everyone's done that. All right, we can do that. And people, just people that you've avoided. I did Hugh Laurie. Did you? I pre- yeah, I oh. walked past a cafe while I was eating a bacon bossy. Yeah. And then walked past again yeah. while doing the slow pies. Yeah. Looking one direction like this. Yeah. While my head faced in the other direction. And uh, pretend I don't noticed him, but I was watching him. David Schwimmer. Oh, you done I, that to I, him? I, I followed David Schwimmer. Just because it was something to do, isn't it? You followed him? Celebrities? Where did you go? It's just walking through London, and I thought, actually, I don't even like David Schwimmer, so I stopped swallow- following, swallowing him, following him. <laughs> so celebrity, here we go. Celebrities you've followed, celebrities you've run away from. Celebrities you've prevent- pretended not to notice. And just people that you've uh, 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 pre- uh, run away from. Maybe it's a friend or your mum or something. That's pretty much catch-all. We won't get any calls on that. We'll get calls on what your favourite B-road is. What about people you've been meaning to ring? I mean, yeah. 08459 four double five five double five. Make us one of them. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Mark 8, the A5 Redbourne bound, heavy going on either side of the Luton Road at the moment. And the M1 London bound, very heavy between Junction 11 for Dunstable and 9 for Redbourne. The M25 anti-clockwise, slow going around Junction 21 for the M1. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Will you stop whinging and get out of my studio? Your studio I'm not whinging, I'm just saying. You're having a whinge. Why have you got glitter on your eye? I've got two small girls. Oh, uh, that'll explain it. 
Give us a call about... Uh, I don't know. Let me get my thoughts together during the news with Simon, please. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. The headlines. Dispersal order granted for two areas of Luton. Two prisoners abscond from Bucks Open Jail. And Hertfordshire Councillor denies Savile report claims. BBC Three Counties Radio. Councillors in Luton have approved a dispersal order for two areas of the town. It follows complaints from residents in Round Green and Wigmore about antisocial behaviour. Luton Councillor Nassim Ayub says the orders will last for six months. It is a short-term fix, but usually um, from past experience, again, um, these sort of... Um, proposals that we put in place are quite helpful for people living in that area. Two prisoners, one a convicted murderer, have absconded from an open prison in Buckinghamshire. It happened in the early hours of Sunday morning at Spring Hill Open Prison in Grendon Underwood. The man, a 46-year-old Darren Douglas from Birmingham, who was serving a life sentence for murder in 1998, and 32-year-old Ricardo Dunn from Burnley, who was serving a sentence for GBH in 2009. Thames Valley Police say the men should not be approached, but may have travelled out of the area. The deputy leader of Welling Hatfield Council has denied claims made about him in a government report on Jimmy Savile's abuse at Broadmoor Hospital. In the report, Alan Frayne is accused by staff of having about 50 affairs and contributing to a climate of inappropriate sexual behaviour. More from Tony Fisher. The Department of Health report includes allegations by staff that Frayne put it about a bit and was using his accommodation for inappropriate activities. Frayne denies this and claims the various stories of about 50 affairs were attempts by those opposed to change at the hospital to discredit him. He says he has no intention of resigning his position as deputy leader. Police are considering fresh allegations against Rolf Harris after he was convicted of indecently assaulting four girls. The Australian entertainer will be sentenced on Friday. Australia's Prime Minister Tony Abbott has spoken of his dismay. This person who was widely admired... uh... Uh, seems to have been a perpetrator. So, so look, uh, um, uh, I feel gutted and dismayed, uh, but uh, it's very important that we do everything we humanly can to protect vulnerable young people. Portuguese detectives investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann are expected to begin questioning a number of suspects later today. All are Portuguese passport holders, although at least one is Russian-born. The three-year-old disappeared from the resort where her family was staying in 2007. A motorcyclist was seriously injured in the crash which closed the M25 on the Hertfordshire-Essex border yesterday afternoon. Two lorries, a car and two motorcycles were involved in the collision at around 1230 the motorway reopened yesterday evening. In sport, Germany will play France in the World Cup quarterfinals. The Germans needed extra time to beat Algeria 2-1, whilst France beat Nigeria 2-0. And Andy Murray is through to the Wimbledon quarterfinals after a straight sets win over Kevin Anderson. The weather trying sunny, maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Very friendly people, extremely friendly. There's a very strong sense of community. It's all about where you live. Just an easygoing feel about the place. It's got a fantastic history. And all this week, we're featuring Tring. It's quite an attractive, um, historic, traditional market town. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Okay, suddenly the rush of blood to the head has kicked in. Adrenaline is there. There's the drug in your brain that makes you feel good. Um, not cocaine. What is it? Serotonin. serotonin. That's the sunshine. The serotonin is the sunshine drug. Um, Justin, what's the drug in my brain that makes me feel good? Uh, it's called uh, the Lee drug. Oh, for goodness sakes, what a plum. Adrenaline? Yeah, that's the fella! That's kicking in now! I need a cup of cough to temper it. I need a cup of cough to temper it. Busy, busy show this morning. We're talking about dispersal orders, cyclists. Turns out loads of people are too scared to go on their bicycles. Which is kind of a good thing. If you're wibbly, you should stay off the road. You should stay off the road. There are too many cyclists anymore, and it would be unsafe. And what the heck is Lycra all about, you deviants? That stuff should be its the kind of stuff you find in your mum and dad's uh, spare suitcase at the top of the wardrobe. Saying that, I should ring Paul Scoins. Oh, let's get Scoinsy on. Scoinsy's is uh, on his way to work. On his, on his bicycle, Justin! <laughs> He's crazy. Isn't he just, isn't he? We'll get him mid-journey. Also, have you ever... Um, uh, pretend, pretended not to notice a celebrity, followed a celebrity, run away from a celebrity, or run away from someone you know and what was the situation, please? And I've, I feel we should talk about Rolf Harris, but I genuinely don't know what to say. I don't want to do the phone-in of, oh, isn't Rolf Harris bad? Yeah, of course he is. Are you shocked? Well, yeah, most of us are. Should he get a tough sentence despite his age? Well, yeah, of course he should. I, if you can find a, a, a genuinely new way of discussing the Rolf Harris story that takes us on somewhere, can you give us a call? There we go. I've done my uh, Pete Beale setting up of the fruit and veg stall in the square. Come on, have a look at the fruit and vegetables. What do you fancy? Let me know which, if you want, let me know if you want a lemon or a potato. What's the lemon? Um... The lemon was ever followed a celebrity. Celebrity things. No, no, no the, the ever followed a celebrity is specifically lemons. Okay. It, or if you fancy a uh, lovely pear. Pear. The way you put it, this is getting confusing. The way you put in your order for your fruit and veg. Bear with me, Justin. Be with you in a second. Mm-hmm. Got a bit lost here. Tony, stay there. Be with you in a second. Okay. A little bit lost in this sentence. Catherine. The way you put in your order for the fruit and veg at Pete Bill's fruit and veg stall in Albert Square is by picking up your telephone back and giving me a call. 08459 455 555! Oh, that's really rough and horrible. Oh, hang on a second. That's, uh, Justin, I do apologise there. Sorry, boss. I was on fire and then your... that's great. Great intro. Your little piece came in. I was really enjoying that. Oh, I know. Sorry, mate. It's um, okay. Hang on a minute. How do I end... Uh, ah, here it is. There it is. Someone's put it in the wrong place. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, what? Shall all that work? And it muffed up. Here we go. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Justin, before we come to you, Tony is in Milton Keynes. The callers take precedence. Tony, what have you got for us? Well, with a bit about celebrities, I cover all those four points. Oh. I used to have to run away from people because I used to look like Simon Bates back in the 70s. Oh, no one wants to look like Batesy. Well, I was dying out on it now and again when people wanted autographs. So what, you look so much like Simon Bates that celebrities would come and talk to you? No, people in the street did for autographs. Oh, blimey. Yeah, so I used to try and avoid them. You had the big, thick milk bottle glasses, did you? Yeah, the whole thing, oh, the hairstyle a lot. But uh, now I look like Wurzel Gummidge with a ponytail, so it's, it's long gone. Don't look. get many autographs there. Right, the other thing was I was uh, working in Tottenham Court Road in the 70s. I yep. used to get off, uh, get on t- 
uh, Tottenham Court Road, uh, Warren Street, and walk up Tottenham Court Road right Beautiful. to the very top. I used to do when I used to work in London. I used to do that. It's a nice yeah. little stroll, isn't it? Yeah, and I used to go to a little sandwich bar that opened at about seven in the morning to get a fresh roll. Yeah, and came out of there and about. 100 foot in front of me, walking towards me, was Kenneth Williams. Oh. And he was mincing, as usual. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and uh, as he got close to me, I don't know whether it is because I looked like Simon Bates or that I looked at him and he saw that I was probably going to approach him and ask for his autograph. So yeah. he sort of put this sort of air of, I don't care about you. Yeah. So as I got about uh, 20 foot from him, I deliberately crossed the road. Halfway across the road, he, shouted, he shouted out, Cow! <laughs> There we go, Tony. Thank you very much. Kenneth Williams called him a cow. How cool is that, Tony? Excellent. That reminds me, Just. I once mm. uh, we're talking about celebrities you've uh, you've run away from. Yeah. I ran away from David Walliams once. Why? And it, well, because I I saw him coming towards me, and I I'd met him years before, and I thought, and he, he was really famous now, and I was at, at my low ebb, and I thought I don't want to talk to him, so I crossed the road, and he went. Hey, Ian! Ian, great to see you! Oh, yeah. Unlucky. Unlucky in love. Mm. Now, listen, the reason we got you on, Justin, Luton Police have been given the power to impose what amounts to a curfew in two areas blighted by crime and antisocial behaviour. A dispersal order is now in place for Round Green and Wigmore, where residents have been complaining that gangs of teenagers and older men are dealing drugs and threatening and abusing anyone who crosses their path. Well, some locals told us it's getting to the point where they avoid going out. This will all sound very familiar uh, to you if you use a certain parade of shops in Stevenage. Here's what people in Bedwell told us just before a dispersal order was brought into play there in October. Horrible. Really rough and horrible. Load of youths running about and knocking people out the way and everything, honestly. Have you given up going out at night now? Oh, I don't go out on my own no more. I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't go out on my own. Too dangerous. It's a bad area at night. There's fights all the time. It's just bad. There was someone got stabbed in the hand in a fight over there. They all carry around knives. A lot. I haven't had anything indirectly done to me, but I've seen things go on, and that could easily be me. I've seen fighting. Um, there was an incident at the shops, you know, where an old lady got pushed out of the way, and just gangs. And, and you actually saw that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, drug dealing. Other, you know, lots of incidents. <laughs> So this lady, the, this older lady, w- was walking to the shops and the youths came up to her. she just got her fish and chips. She'd just got her fish and chips and there was an incident that had gone on at the shops and they were just running riot, jumping over the cars, everything. It was just mayhem. It was like a scene out of a film. We're not coming up here at all. And I won't allow my wife to come up here either. It's really got that bad. Yes. And I'm glad the police, you know should have the rights to move these youngsters on. Well, that was Stevenage in October, before the dispersal order. Justin, you're back in Stevenage this morning. Mm. What's going on? I mean, I have to say, personally, uh, Bedwell in Stevenage, I find a lot more intimidating than, than Wigmore and Round Green in Lucent. So, uh, the police, they have the uh, the power to, to move on these kids. Um, the dispersal order will last for, what, 24 hours, so they can't go back for a, a whole 24 hours. But the problem is, Ian, of course, mm. um, they only last for six months. So this dispersal order in Bedwell in Stevenage, that came to an end back in April. I've been back there this morning finding out how life is. Here's what people had to say. Now, so you live in the local area here. This dispersal order was, was put into place back in October. When that happened, did it make any difference to, to what it was happening here? It did at first. It was lovely. It went nice and quiet. But now it's over. They're creeping back bit by bit. 
And, well, you see the rubbish all over the place, bad language, everything. So it ended back in, what, April? In April, yeah, it finished here, the dispersal order. Now they're coming back bit by bit. When you say they're coming back, what's been happening here since April? You're living here. Tell us what it's like living here, particularly at night time. At night time, they're running them while well, they're playing football and kicking the ball against walls and using bad language and everything. It's getting a bit... Well, how can I put it? It's another way. We've been ringing the police up. They don't come out. The missus is getting a bit fed up with it as well. So, what can, what can I say? Do you feel intimidated coming here at night time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I've got a grandson that lives with us. I bring him in now at a certain time. I have to keep him in. As simple as that. Needs wow. to be 10. So what you're saying is, when the dispersal order was here, it worked. As soon as it stops, it just goes back to exactly how it was before. That's it, yeah. Correct. Ah. That sounds a little bit disappointing, Just. Mm, exactly. So that's the problem. So yes, it can work, but Looks of course when it comes to an end, um, the old problems start creeping back in. So for the people in Wigmore and Round Green, I'm sure they uh, they want this dispersal order. Uh, it's now arrived for them. Hopefully they will feel less intimidated to, to go to their local shops. But the warning is there from the people in Stevenage that it unfortunately will go back to, to how it was before. They must be very disappointed. They are absolutely disappointed because those people I spoke to this morning, they want this dispersal order back again. Um, They want to feel safe. You heard from that man there. Others this morning telling me exactly the same. Back in October, it was absolutely fantastic. It was quiet. Um, They felt safe going to the local shops. Well, since April, again, the kids are not stupid. They know that dispersal order has come to an end. The six months are up and uh, they're creeping back in and intimidating people. Okay, Justin. Well, thank you very much for that. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. It's a busy show today. It's a busy old show there uh, with, uh, well, we're asking about, uh, well, it's a weird mix of celebrities, isn't it? Ever, what, what is it, Catherine? We've got too many for me to remember. Right. Have you ever avoided a celebrity? Do you not worry that we may be throwing too much on the, the shoulders of the poor listener? Well, Some right. of them aren't very bright. We could do motorways again. Or do we spell it out? Let's 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 try them. Let's come There's on. Something for everyone in this pick and mix bag. Let, let's dump on them. <laughs> Have you ever avoided a celebrity? One. Have you ever pretended you've not seen a celebrity? Two. Ever uh, followed a celebrity? Three. Yeah, ever avoided just like some a, a, a pleb, a normal person, a civilian? Yeah. Who are you avoiding? Who who are you avoiding? Call me now. Oh wait, four five nine. And who have you been meaning to ring? Make it us. Call me now. Oh, four five nine four double five five. There's a, uh, there's See, a lot the, there. The smooth way you do it. Is that the smooth way? Smooth. Smooth like silk. Uh, silky phoning. Okay, silky phoning. If you want to phone in and tell me what bits of silk you own as well, that's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. What's what's or your favourite? Satin. I miss satins. Satin mm, trousers. They're very flammable. They're well. <laughs> get friction. I uh, the seventies were full of um, women wearing satin trousers. Mm-hmm. They're not very forgiving though, are they? Satin they, trousers. Oh. You've got the crease there. <sighs> memories. Wonderful memories. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hitchin, the A505 looking very heavy at the moment as you head towards the centre of town. And the M1 at London bound still struggling between junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. The M25 anti-clockwise slow going between junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. Also got delays between junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. 
Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. That's it. 7.16 or thereabouts, it's Tuesday the 1st of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Councillors in Luton have approved a dispersal order for two areas of the town. It follows complaints from residents in Round Green and Wigmore about antisocial behaviour. Two prisoners, one a convicted murderer, have absconded from Spring Hill Open Prison in Grendon Underwood in Buckinghamshire. And the deputy leader of Wellin Hatfield Council has denied claims made about him in a government report on Jimmy Savile's abuse at Broadmoor Hospital. The weather today, sunny weather is expected with some cloud forming in the afternoon. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, my respect, boss, yeah? Every weekday from three. Spend your afternoons talking about beds, hearts and bucks. Yep. It's an amazing venue. If you haven't been to Amstel Park, get along. It's absolutely beautiful. Discussing the biggest stories. In terms of our people, we've invested £5 million to recruit new nurses. In the company of friends. Howard Berry and Brown, Amanda Devlin. Amanda, what have you been watching this week? I went to the Happy Days. And debating the week's hottest topics. The biggest problem is, is actually lack of money, lack of opportunities, poor availability of training. The use of CCTV spy to catch people who park illegally is to be banned. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555. Twitter really is a very, um, Twitter really can be a very inappropriate place at times. It's been sent something that I, I, I can't say on uh, Forward to me, I'll check it for you. I can't say it on air. Is it Scott again? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Scott. It's um, you filthy animal. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a picture. Yeah, the, a picture that. Uh, well, I can't even go there. I can't even go there. <clears throat> Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. There we go. An exclusive poll for BBC Lookies suggests that half of British adults feel it's too dangerous to cycle on roads in their local area. More than 3,000 people across Britain were asked for their views on cycling ahead of the Tour de France coming to Yorkshire, Cambridgeshire and Essex in the coming week. They are also asked if that's encouraged people to cycle more. BBC reporter Ben Bland has been looking at the results and joins us now. Morning, Ben. Morning. We hear that more people are cycling for leisure or to get to work, but this result suggests that many people see it as too dangerous. Well, yeah, so it does. We asked people how they felt about uh, cycling safety and across Britain and indeed across the eastern region, it was about half of them uh, in this poll said they felt it was too dangerous to cycle on roads in their area. Quite an interesting difference in age groups. Those who are over 65 seem to be more likely to feel it's dangerous. Those who are between 18 and 24, uh, fewer Uh, in that age group seemed to say they felt it was dangerous. Now, of course, it could be down to many, many things, many factors as to to why people feel like that. So we focused in as well. We asked quite specifically about road design and we asked people, do you think the roads in your area are well designed to be safe for cyclists? And this was interesting. Just one in three in this region, just one in three people said yes. So that means two out of three people feel that the roads are not well designed to be safe for cyclists. And you might wonder, well, what does that mean? What is good design? What's bad design? So I went around a city with a cycling campaigner who's, who pointed out some good examples, things like wide cycle lanes, those curved mirrors on the traffic lights at junctures so lorries can, can see people on bikes. Bad examples were things like 
parking bays that block cycle lanes or junctions that are really, really narrow, hard to get to the front of. Uh, we asked the Department for Transport about this. They came back to us with a statement that said they have doubled funding for cycling to help deliver safer junctions. They say they now uh, spend £374 million on it. Any other interesting results, Ben? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've ever cycled to work or, or nope. if you do. I'm, no, not a, I'm, but... I'm not a plum, Ben. I can't, I can't stand it. I haven't got the buttocks for it. Well, this is the problem. It's also that you get back and, you know, you get to work and you're all sweaty and you need somewhere to yep. shower, you need somewhere to put the kit, you need somewhere to lock your bike up. It can be a real faff. And when we ask people if they feel that employers do enough to encourage and facilitate cycling to work for those who want to, again, more than half of people in the region that we asked said... It, that they didn't think employers do enough. Now, I should just say this poll was carried out over the last three weekends in June. Uh, 3,000 adults across Britain, including this region, and a mix of ages, men and women, and it was all done by telephone. Yeah, the Tour de France coming to our... I never understand how the Tour de France gets out of France, but there you go. Has that encouraged people to get on their bikes? It was always... After the, the, the Wiggins won that race and after the Olympics, people are always a little bit more enthusiastic for a couple of weeks and then it, 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 it drops off, doesn't it? Well, yeah, and I bet quite a few people listening have, you know, they've, they've picked up a tennis racket in the last week because of the Wimbledon effect. And it is that, you know, that big word legacy when you get a big sporting event, everyone wants to know, will it have a legacy? The poll that we carried out suggests that one in five people, that's one in five, said they felt encouraged to cycle more by the Tour de France coming here. You might think, well, it sounds quite a low figure given this is the world's biggest bike race. This, though you could look at the other way, this is before it's actually happened, and one in five, if you multiply that across the whole country, you know, you're talking millions of people now cycling more. I suspect it will be down to whether we have a British winner, as we have had last year, and of course the year before. Uh, there'll be more on this poll tonight on BBC Look East at 6.30 on BBC One. Ben, thank you very much indeed. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, there you go. So, I believe, Catherine, we can now go live to our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, who's cycling into work. He sent a big email around last night saying, guys, I'm cycling into work if you want to use me for some uh, laughs and bants. So, let's go to Paul Scoynes Uh, now. uh, Where is he? Fader 2? Oh, fader not. Whoa, we haven't got a fader. What do you mean? What? Is he not coming on? He'll be on after half past with an update. What an absolute... Um, I would curb your enthusiasm. He's such a bicycle bell, isn't he? Isn't he? Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Paul Scoynes. Uh, Don's in High Wicker. Morning, Don. Morning, Lee. Ian, sorry. That's all right. You can say my last name first. I don't mind. I'm not fussy like that. What, what have you got for us, Don? Um... A few years ago, I used to work for Comet doing home deliveries, oh, and yeah. um, I was out with a colleague of mine, um, and we were delivering in around Hammersmith, and we were driving down the King's Road. Um, my, my friend had his, uh, had his window down, and he saw Jason Donovan. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And he shouted out the window, Jason, Jason! And then makes it, when, when he looked around and, and actually like, smiled at me, he goes, oh, sorry, I thought you were someone else. Oh, no! You didn't do that, did you? Well, the guy I was out with did, yeah. Oh, you naughty... I, I, I've had that done to me. When I used to be on the telly, years and years ago, I've had people do that. Or you, <laughs> I've now trained myself. When someone shouts your name in the street, right, it's a natural reaction. We, we all turn around. 
We all, I've trained myself to fight that, um, that natural urge, Don, because the number of times someone's gone, Oi, Ian! And you turn round and they're doing the, the, the you know, a rude hand gesture or something. Yeah. It's not good. Oh, no, we didn't do that. We no. just said, oh, he just, oh, I thought you were someone else. And what did Donovan say? He, he, he could, like, see the smile go out of his face. <laughs> oh, bless you, Don. You're very naughty. But thank you very much for that. They destroyed him. But hang on a minute, he's not, uh, that's not what, that wasn't the topic. That's ever wound up a celebrity yeah. while in a van. That's a different one. Um, that is the phone in known as Celebrity Swears. I, um, Celebrity Swear. There was a lovely moment. We went to Paris recently with the boys. Mm. Which boy? I was with the youngest boy. Oh, I ignored a celebrity in Paris. Oh, go on, who? Roger Lloyd Pack. Oh, really? He had an actor's hat on. Yeah, he, uh, I thought, yeah, he was. I, I know what you're trying to do there. You put a cherry on top, so we all notice. I'm going to pretend I haven't seen you. I was in Paris, and we'd gone to, not Montmartre, not uh, the Eiffel Tower. What's the museum, the, the gallery? Le Louvre. The Louvre? Why not? There's a few. The modern There's one. The, Petit the one where it's outside on the inside. Is that the Orsay? No. What are you on about? It's there got, are so many. There's one, but it's got the escalators on the outside of the oh, building. Oh, yeah, so that's the Louvre. All right, mate, with calm the, with down. the pyramid. Yeah, sure. OK, well, why don't you just say? All right. Anyway. Outside on the inside. We went. I used to have lessons in there. Oh, for goodness sakes. Uh, the, and the youngest was getting restless. So my wife stayed with the eldest, and I took the youngest. We went for a little, little, uh, they call it Le Stroll, I believe. Uh, Le Stroll. And we went for a little Le Stroll. And we Se went. Promenade. Sorry? Se promenade. OK, let me road. And we went and uh, we ended up just, just going for a wander and uh, we crossed a busy road and we're going to a sort of park, one of those horrible, dirty French a parks. Park with a sea. Where the, the um, uh, yeah, it certainly deserved a sea, where the sandpit is just a dirt pit. You know those ones. Yeah, that's mostly for the dogs, isn't it? Oh, I wonder why there were no toys in there. Right. As we're crossing the road in Paris, a car beeps. I thought, oh, flipping French drivers. And then a load of girls in the car went, Ian! Ian! And I turned around, they were fans of late 90s uh, um, television. They were mums. They, no, they were, they were um, young, youngish. And my two-year-old went, Daddy, are they your friends? I said, no, they're my fans. You are such an idiot. He said, what's a fan? I said, they're friends. It's, it's complicated. But it was called Recognising Paris. Wow. I got recognised in Paris, but I did live there. <laughs> uh, so Strangely, the woman I bought bread from every morning never recognised me, never said hello. Very surly, aren't they? They just, yeah, no need. I do... she knew I was a future um, Z-list celebrity. What? <laughs> Is that genuinely what you think? Mate, we she need a talk. She can sense my um, star quality. Uh, but, so when are, you gonna to become a, when, when are you going to become a Z-list celebrity? <laughs> Because that ain't now. You're a local radio minority. Not even that. What is this? You've done one episode of my music, which we don't get paid for, and suddenly you're that was Barry Big Big Boots. Uh, well, for a long time I did have a drive time show, breakfast show. Then you got booted off, and they got some talent. In I sense. went and got myself pregnant, didn't I? Hey, you ruined it all. Cheeky. I don't don't let your kids hear you say that. They know. I've told them. Oh, okay. I've said girls. Just word of warning. Don't get pregnant, you'll ruin it all. I wait. Well, also, they're only five and two, so... Yeah, know, so I, they're taking my advice. Good. I wait four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. I, I feel... I, I, I'm going to keep mentioning it, because I, I, someone, if we don't mention it, someone will phone up and say, why aren't you banging on about this? It's a conspiracy, BBC cover-up. The, the Rolf Harris story, is it on the front page of all of the papers? Yeah. It must be on all of them. It's on the. We've got the Sun. We've got the Mail. We've got the Express. There, uh, the front page of the Guardian. The front page of the Independent. The Eye. 
Um, it's uh, the Times. It's on all of them, Telegraphs. It's on the front page of all of them, so we have to allude to it. We have to mention it. Not even allude. We have to mention it. Rob Harris found guilty of uh, various uh, 12 sex attacks, possibly more in the pipeline. Um, the youngest girl was age seven, oh. and, and they went up to, 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 I think, grown women. Not really been following it that closely, to be honest. I've, I've been aware of it. But... Uh, I, and I think other shows around the country will be doing a phone-in on it. And I would be if I could think of what to say. And I'm genuinely putting this out there. Maybe you, maybe you can help us with this one. I, if, I, I can't think of what we should say about it. What, what's the phone-in? Are you surprised? Call me now. You're going to get an hour of people phoning up saying yes. Should we have a tough sentence on him, even though these are historical crimes, stroke, uh, even though he's really old? No one's going to phone up and say no. So it's an hour of people saying yes. Um, what else do you, what else do you do? Where do you take that conversation? I, 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 People are shocked because they thought they could trust him. It just goes to show that you can't really trust anyone. But does how do you bring your child up in a world where you can't trust anybody while still retaining their innocence? Mm. Oh, we can ask that. I don't want to make them frightened of strangers. No, no, and they shouldn't be. And they shouldn't actually, be. Actually, you know, people closer to the family are statistically more of a threat. So what do you do? Yeah. Never take your eyes off them. Oh, yeah. No, you don't want to bring up your kids in a climate of fear. And um, uh, people will think that the whole situation with paedophiles and sex... Well, perver- well sex criminals uh, is worse than it's ever been. Statistically, I don't think it is. I need to get the, the stats, but it, I don't think it is. I think it's the same now as it was kind of, you know, 50, 60 yeah. years ago. The difference it's is people just, are speaking up. People are speaking up, and it's just we've had, since Savile, we've had this wave after wave of, uh, of, of people coming forward and saying, hey, he did something to me. 30 years ago. He did something to me 40 years ago. Uh, so I don't think it's any worse than it was. But I, I put this out to you now. I feel we should be talking about it. I don't know what we should say, and I don't want to come up with a crass kind of phone-in topic just for the sake of coming up with a crass phone-in topic. So if you have a comment to make about the Rolf Harris story that is genuinely going to advance the story and isn't just knee-jerk, reactionary, hang him, castrate him... Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I don't think we'll get any calls. And actually, some ideas, please. How do you keep your kids safe yeah. without keeping them frightened? There we go. Let's let's put that out, shall we? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. At the Black Cat roundabout, the A1 southbound, very heavy approaching the roundabout now. Normal delays not being helped by the roadworks in place there. The M1 at London bound also very heavy between junction 11 for Dunstable and 9 for Redbourne. On the M25 anti-clockwise, very slow between junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. Also, we've got queues between junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30. I'm Simon Oxley. Councillors in Luton have approved a dispersal order for two areas of the town. It follows complaints from residents in Round Green and Wigmore about antisocial behaviour. Two prisoners, one a convicted murderer, have absconded from Spring Hill Open Prison in Grendon Underwood in Buckinghamshire. And the deputy leader of Welling Hatfield Council has denied claims made about him in a government report on Jimmy Savile's abuse at Broadmoor Hospital. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Germany will play France in the World Cup quarterfinals. The Germans needed extra time to beat Algeria 2-1, whilst France beat Nigeria 2-0. The last two quarterfinal places will be decided today. Argentina face Switzerland at five, with Belgium versus the USA at nine. Elsewhere, Uruguay and Liverpool striker Luis Suarez has finally apologised for biting. Suarez says it will never happen again. And Cameroon are to investigate claims that seven of their players have been involved in match-fixing at the World Cup, in particular the 4-0 loss to Croatia. Former Luton captain Ronnie Henry says his return to Stevenage feels like going home. He's back at the Lamex Stadium after leading the Hatters to the conference title and will face Luton in League Two next season. Luton obviously offered me a new contract, as many people know, but it, we couldn't quite agree on terms. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't massive. So I can leave there with my head held high. I've went there and done what I needed to do to be honest. It's just a shame that I couldn't going to do more but I'm, I'm excited about the new challenge ahead. Meanwhile Luton manager John Still says he's thrilled with the £100,000 signing of Andy Drury from Crawley Drury left Kenilworth Road for Ipswich in 2011 and Milton Keynes Dons are being linked with 21 year old striker Tom Hitchcock who's been released by QPR. Andy Murray's through to the Wimbledon quarterfinals after a straight sets win over Kevin Anderson under the roof on centre court. I was dropping the ball a little bit shorter than I was the, the first set and a half so I had to do a bit more running at the end I uh, got a bit bit tentative but it was a good win because he uh, he was playing very well at the end making it very tough for me Murray will play Grigor Dimitrov in the last eight Novak Djokovic is also through after beating Joe Wilfred Songa there are last 16 matches today for Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer in golf Woburn hosts an open championship final qualifying event today and in cricket's minor counties championship Hertfordshire start the final day away to Staffordshire on 36 for one in their second innings needing 408 to win. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, Raffins! That's what this show needs! A puppet. We need a puppet. We kind of got it in Paul Scoynes, but we need a real, um, not quite such a furry puppet. Wouldn't that be awesome? What, like Kelly? Hello. Hey, look, it's it's Mr. Banjo. Hello, Mr. Banjo. Hello. How are you today? Oh, I've got to tell you about the school closures that are happening in Bits Hearts and Bucks today. <laughs> OK, so next time we do a snow day or something like Mr. that, Banjo. we'll get Mr Banjo out. We'll get Mr Banjo out. That's awesome. That's genuinely a brilliant idea, isn't it, guys? Mm. Totally got to get Mr Banjo. What do you reckon, Scoinzy? I'm, I'm, I'm fully behind Mr Banjo. <laughs> hey! Let's hope he doesn't snap. That would be uh, awful, awful, awful. Now, exciting, exciting news. We're, we're, uh, talking, uh, we're doing a really great, uh, very interesting feature this morning on how a significant number of uh, people are scared to get... I'm scared to get on my bicycle! Because they're afraid they might get seriously hurt or killed. Uh, Paul, you are a cyclist, of course. We had some great fun the other day when you 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 <laughs> rode into work, and I took a picture of you, and you got <laughs> very very angry with me. Um, so you're so, you sent an email around last night saying, "Let me just actually I can find the actual email what you done send, and I will read it out because I was so excited, so excited when I got this." Um, um, hang on a second, I think they're entering... No, hang on, where's it gone? Anyway, you basically said, I'll be cycling into work tomorrow if you want laughs and bants. Well, Paul, 
Cue the laughs. <laughs> how's, your, how's your journey going so far? Well, uh, I was a bit preemptive because I'd forgotten I'd got an appointment this morning, which I, I can't really go to and then cycle in afterwards. So I'm, I've postponed it until tomorrow. But that's not because I'm scared. It's because I had a pre-existing uh, appointment that I had to attend to. We're not, uh, yeah, we're not doing cycling tomorrow. Well, I am. Or ever again on this show. Well, you'll have to, I'm afraid. Well, you don't set the agenda, I'm afraid. Well, I'll wait until the end of July. Oh, yeah, you're producing for two weeks, aren't you? Mm. Oh, that's going to be... Yeah, the... it's going to be a cycle fest. That's going to be the worst two weeks of my life, and indeed exactly. the, the listener's life. Well, uh, so, you, so you're not on your bike today? No, I, I was all ready, and I got I set my alarm nice and early, got my sort of kit together. There and, we go. Um, I'm cycling uh, in tomorrow if you want to use me for extra laughs and bants. He yeah, actually yeah. says that. I did, I did say that. So you're yeah. a liar? Well, the plan was by now to be somewhere to the south of Milton Keynes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I've got an so, appointment which I have to be at, Mr. and then Scoins, I'm going to have to drive in. Mr Scoins, d- d- w- would you accept that you're a liar? No. Would you accept that this e- this email that you've sent to myself and to the producer Catherine Boyle is uh, was misleading at best and at worst a, a, a downright lie? Uh, the, the intention was there. To, so the, I, intention, I, I, the intention I, I, may I, have been I, there, I, Mr. Scoins. Well, no, 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 you have to that, accept it was misleading, as it led us to believe that you would be cycling in this morning. Yeah, that may. Uh, so I mean, misleading, misleading you'd is, agree is with? A, I, I wouldn't agree with that. I would say it was. It a, has misled a, us. An honest mistake. We have an honest mistake to lie to two of your colleagues well, no, I at think the a BBC. Lie, a lie, a lie uh, suggests intent. At what point, Mr Scoynes, did you realise you weren't going to be cycling into work this morning? At about 6.45. This morning? Yeah. So you, had a, you said you had a pre-arranged appointment. You completely forgotten about that? Yes, I had done that. Have you, you never forgotten about it. You don't have a diary? You don't write things down? You don't store things on your diary on your telephone? Uh... I, Who no. reminded you of the appointment this morning? My wife. How does your wife know what you're doing more than you do, Mr Scoynes? She's organised. OK. So this appointment that you've got, that you, you didn't realise last night, or any point yesterday when these emails were going back and forth between uh, various people at the BBC that we'll be doing a cycling feature, you sent your email at 5.25 last night. You didn't realise until 13 hours and 20 minutes later that you had an appointment and the content you'd promised for the show you were unable to deliver. Correct. So you misled us at best. I put it to you. It was a lie. I put it to you, Mr. Scoins. It was a lie. At most, I misled you. I put it to you, Mr. Scoins. It was a lie to try and act big and hard, uh, and that this morning you have bottled out of it. Uh, Well, I mean, you said that on air. Do you know what hurts the most, Scoinsy? Do you know what mm -hmm? what hurts the most is that you sowed the seed of lycra in my mind. You know, why did you do that? I'm doing it tomorrow. Well, move on to the Lycra, Mr Scoins. You do wear a full Lycra outfit, don't you? Uh, uh, Can I ask why? It's comfortable. Do you you go commando in your Lycra? That's between me and the Lycra. And that's the problem, isn't it, Mr Scoins? It is between you and the Lycra. (laughs) So... You're quite often, although not as often as you'd have us believe, on your bicycle... I'm going to do it tomorrow! For God's sake! On your bicycle, wearing lycra, with no underpants on, 
That lycra's touching your privates. Whilst you're cycling through Milton Keynes. That avoids a significant degree of chafing. I put it to you, Mr Scoyne, so that's highly inappropriate and you're getting some kind of bizarre, perverted sexual kick out of it. I think you are. Is it the best you've got? I could come up with better, but no, I mean, I think... I think you're okay. you're hectoring me. What we're going to uh, do? You're hectoring the witness. What we're going to do, Mr. Scoyne, is I'm going to tweet the picture. I, you can't do that. I'm going to tweet the picture. Say, if you do that, I'll sue you. We'll see. I will do that. I'm going to tweet the picture of you. My be- mate's a lawyer. I mean, he works for the fire brigade, but he he has experience of courtrooms. At Ian Lee, if you want to see the picture of Paul Scoynes in his lycra, and uh, you let us know if you think that's the face of a deviant. Thank you very much, Mr Scoynes. We'll end it there. I am going to complain about this. Thank you, Mr Scoynes. Paul Scoynes, uh, former political reporter at BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. (laughs) Comments coming in on Twitter now. Uh, Scott has tweeted, uh, all the gear and no idea. Paul Scoyne's uh, there. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Big story of the day: Rolf Harris. He's. Uh, let, I mean, maybe you've missed it. I doubt it. Let's have a look at the Daily Express. Picked it up. Predator Rolf faces jail over sex assaults. Harris, eighty-four, found guilty of twelve attacks. Five more women accused. Shame TV star. Um, the celebrity. Anyway, right. Now, it's on the front page of all the papers, so I feel we should talk about it, but I don't know what to say about it. I don't know. I've done phone-ins for ten years. I don't know how you take this any further, what you do with it, how you develop this idea. What's the phone-in? Are you shocked? Yeah, of course you are. Should you get a tough sentence? Yeah, of course you should. It's an hour of people phoning up saying, yeah, yeah, of course you should. Catherine's come up with a nice little twist on how we protect our children and keep their innocence, but don't smother them too much. That's great. 08459 555555. But on the subject... Sorry? Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, But on the subject of Rolf himself, I don't see how we take this any further. If you have an interesting thing to say about this that is unique and will further this argument and isn't just a knee-jerk... Oh, hang him, castrate him. Then 08459 four double five five double five. Matt's in Luton. Morning, Matt. Five double five. Matt's in Luton. Morning, Matt. Morning. Turn your radio off, you plum. I've just turned it off. Good luck, Matt. What do you want to say? Uh, this Ralph Harris thing, I think he's suffered enough. He's been humiliated. He's too old. He can't go to prison. It's done. Let's get on with life. He's all over the papers this morning, and you know that. How he must feel, he he is suffering now. And he will suffer for the rest of his life. So he doesn't really need to go to prison. What about the um, women and the children that he sexually abused? Okay, it's done. It's happened. He's now been humiliated for the last, I think, year or so. The 84-year-old... This is from the front page of The Garden. Yes. The 84-year-old was found guilty of 12 assaults spanning almost two decades from the late 60s. 
The four victims... And you've got daughters, Matt, so listen to this. Yes. The four victims included a girl of eight whom he touched after signing an autograph and his daughter's best friend groomed and molested from the age of 13. Yes. I know, Ian. I know. He dragged them through the courts, right, knowing what he'd done, and yet he wasn't um, big enough to put up his hands and say... I've been caught. Do you know what? I'll, I'll cut this misery short. I'll confess. He couldn't. He didn't even have the decency to do that. And you're saying because because he's been on the front pages of a few. Pa- he wasn't on the front pages of the papers for a long time because do you know why? He had a lot of money and he paid lawyers to take out an injunction, meaning he couldn't be named. I knew he'd been arrested five months before it came out in the papers because, well, there were rumours all over the internet, but he kept it quiet. So you're actually condemning him. You you reckon they should put him away and chuck the key away? Yeah? No, I'm not saying that. I, I, well, they you are. Should, That's no, what no. you're saying. Yeah, I'm not, Matt. You're... Um, let me tell you what I'm saying. I'm saying they should give him an appropriate sentence. Not saying they should lock away the key, but yes. What, what is the appropriate sentence? I don't know. I'll leave it up to the judge. I don't know. Yeah. I'll leave it up to the judge. But I'm saying a man who molested an eight-year-old and a thirteen-year-old should go to prison, even if it happened a long time ago. Even if he's 84 years old, even if he's a millionaire, even if he's a celebrity. Has he re- do you really think he's suffered? He's been well, embarrassed I, and shamed a bit. You've only got to look at the guy, he's, he's just torn apart. It's, 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 uh, well, I think it, it, these papers, everything gets out of handy and it goes, and you can, you can honestly sit, sit there and say to me, I'll sentence him to 10 years. I don't know. I, whatever the ju- I, I have yeah, to go by. Any, and you're not committing yourself. You're not saying he should go away and they should sting the key away. You're not. No, I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. saying that the, se- the the sentence. I will respect the sentence that the judge gives, because the, I don't know the rule. I don't know the laws on sentencing, uh, and I will respect the sentence the judge gives. Mm. Well, I think it's it's gone too far along. It's too long ago. Uh, he's he's suffered enough. He must be suffering mentally. Good. And it, Some it, people might say good. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he he, he molested an eight and a thirteen-year-old girl. I know. He, You've got he, daughters, man. Up and back. Yeah, I know that. I know. I know. I know. Bloody hell! I've got daughters of my own. I know what it would be like. It must have been terrible. So you think he should he should just go home now and live out the rest well, of his life in luxury? He, he, he's he's a marked man for the rest of his life now, anyway. You know, and he'll suffer now for the rest of his life, anyway. Whether they put him away or not, you know, that's down to the the courts. But <laughs> what sentence would you give him? A year? Two years? So, even if he goes away in. They've got to protect him and just leave it be. Just close it. Close it. And do you think that finally, Matt, because we're running a bit late. Yes, uh, do you, I am. Do you, yes. Think, do you think that will bring closure for the women that he abused, the children who are now grown women that he, he abused and molested? Out the and he's found guilty and that should be enough. Matt, thank you very much indeed. 08459 555 Well, there, maybe we found... A slight twist on the story then. I didn't think we'd get anyone phoning up saying he should be let off. He shouldn't go to prison. He, well, he should go back to his nice house with all of his nice things and all of his money. Yeah, he's been humiliated and shamed. Um, but that can't be right, can it? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
at the Clop Hill roundabout. All approaches looking very heavy at the moment on the speed sensors. Also in Luton at the Kidneywood roundabout, the London Road is queuing as you head towards the motorway. The A1M southbound around Junction 7 for Stevenage looking very slow as you pass the junction. And on the M25, anti-clockwise queues at the moment between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Public transport, no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Right, 7.47, it's Tuesday the 1st of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Councillors in Luton have approved a dispersal order for two areas of the town. Follows complaints from residents in Round Green and Wigmore about antisocial behaviour. Two prisoners, one a convicted murderer, have absconded from Spring Hill Open Prison in Grendon Underwood in Buckinghamshire. And the deputy leader of Welling Hatfield Council has denied claims made about him in a government report on Jimmy Savile's abuse at Broadmoor Hospital. We'll be getting more about uh, that story with our reporter Tony Fisher in a few minutes. Also taking your calls, 08459 555. But before all of that, is the weather with Georgina Burnett. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there, quite a fine day today, so a little chilly to start off with, but things warming up quite quickly with those sunny spells. There will be cloudier times as well, of course, um, but not too much in the way of showers today. There are a few around, but for most of us it should be a dry day, with temperatures reaching 19 or 20 degrees Celsius. And it's followed by a clear and, uh, uh, sorry, a dry night with clear skies. A little cool, but not as chilly as it was last night, with lows of 10 or 11 degrees Celsius. And tomorrow, another fine day on the car. So a bright start, plenty of sunny spells, those temperatures nudging up a little. We're looking at highs of 21 or 22 degrees Celsius. And again on Thursday too, they might even get up to 23 on Thursday. However, on Friday, things go downhill a little. It becomes breezy, it clouds over and we're looking at a couple of wet days just in time for the weekend. High pressure should build again next week though, bringing us, uh, or at least allowing the temperatures to recover somewhat. That's your latest forecast. A Copa do Mundo no Brasil. Here we go to the knockout stages of the World Cup. The World Cup. Today at five, Argentina versus Switzerland. Then at nine, Belgium against the USA. Brasil 2014. It is incredible. World Cup drama here in Brazil. Brazil 2014. Across the BBC. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. OK. Taking your calls on uh, on, on Rolf Harris. But again, I, I don't want to do... Uh, I want to tread carefully with this one because I don't want to do a, a, a clichéd, lazy, we should hang him, we should castrate. I, what was interesting about Matt's call was he saying we, we should just let... He's been through enough. We can kind of follow that, but... Uh, just think before you phone up on Rolf Harris. Is what you're saying a knee-jerk, typical thing that you might hear on a phone-in show? Or, or, is it something a little bit different that takes us to a new place? Okay? I wait four five nine four double five five double five, And I'm, I'm going to be kind of harsh on this. If you're doing the kind of thing that we might hear on Ian Dale on LBC, I'm, I'll cut you short, okay? Just, just to flag that up, if you get the reference. 
Now, from uh, from Rolf Harris to Jimmy Savile. Deary me, the deputy leader of Wellin Hatfield Council has uh, denied claims made about him in a government report on Jimmy Savile at Broadmoor Hospital. In the report, Alan Franey is accused by staff of having, quote, about 50 affairs, unquote, uh, and con- contributing to a climate of inappropriate sexual behaviour whilst he was in charge. He's also accused of using hospital accommodation to entertain female members of staff. Well, our reporter, Tony Fisher, has been looking into this. Morning, Tony. What what more do we know about these allegations? Uh, Morning, Ian. Well, these allegations made in this Department of Health report suggest that um, while Franey stayed in hospital accommodation during the week, and I quote, female members of staff visited his house after hours, often for prolonged periods. Um, In the report, it goes on, it says, we were told, for example, that Franey had quite a life with some of our staff and he put it about a bit and was using his accommodation for inappropriate activities. Now, in the report, Franey denies these allegations and claims that the various stories of about 50 affairs were attempts by those opposed to change at the hospital to discredit him. Um, The report states that widespread stories about his personal conduct circulated within the hospital and outside it, um, damaging his stature and credibility and hampering his ability to lead uh, what they call improvement. And the report raises questions that Franey only came to be in charge of Broadmoor because of Savile, is that right? Yeah, the report says, um, in our view, it's impossible to examine Savile's position in the hospital and his ability to exploit it without understanding Franey's role in the management of the hospital. Um, The two were close associates. Savile was influential in Franey's appointment and Franey was in overall charge of the hospital. Um, He was chief executive uh, and its policies and procedures from 1989 to 1997 when he resigned. Um, Now that resignation came, he told me, after unsubstantiated reports of a child paedophile ring operating in Broadmoor and he had to step down because he told me he had sky-high blood pressure. Um, Now, in the report, it goes on to say that the former chief executive of the High Security Psychiatric Services Commissioning Board, Ray Roden, uh, reported that he'd been told by Alan Franey, uh, who, as I say, was then chief executive of the hospital, that Savile had a little secret, a liking for young girls, the younger the better. Um, This, in the report, is strenuously denied by Franey. Now, there was one particular case which caused concern among staff at Broadmoor. Yeah, a female nurse was reported to have had a sexual relationship with a female patient who was dismissed for unprofessional conduct. Um, After her appeal was turned down, she lodged an industrial tribunal case uh, at which she threatened to make public embarrassing revelations about the hospital's management, um, including its believed allegation about Franey's personal conduct involving herself and other members of staff. Um, The tribunal case was withdrawn. Uh, In the report, it says, we cannot exclude the possibility that an irregular payment was involved uh, and this must be properly investigated by the responsible authorities. Now, when I spoke to Alan Franey about this, he says he doesn't remember it and it must have happened after he left. Now, we're going to get to your audio in in a second, Tony, but you have uh, uh, spoken to Alan Franey. Was, Was he difficult to get hold of? Well, he was a little bit awkward because on the council website, his details had been taken down. So I rang the press office and they said, oh, yes, uh, his details were taken down at his behest. Um, And when I spoke to the leader of the council, they said, well, yes, the the details were taken down to protect him uh, from uh, from the media, as it were. 
Um, now, he says that he's very sorry for any victim of Seville, wherever that occurs. It's totally unacceptable for any person to experience abuse from either staff or volunteers in the NHS. Um, he said there was no evidence, as indeed there isn't, for the 50 people he's alleged to have had an affair with. Tony, I've found your audio now. You, you, you did speak to him, didn't you? And he, he gave you a statement. Shall we have he, a look, quick he listen gave to you that? a long statement, yes, OK. The report contains allegations about my behaviour with female staff, and these imply a sexual relationship. This is untrue, and if such reports continue, I will seek advice on taking legal action against those responsible. The report also comments on my appointment at Broadmoor Hospital. I was seconded by the Department of Health to the task force on which there were five people. Saville did not appoint me. My role as general manager followed national competition and was a two-day process with a final interview chaired by the Special Hospital Service Authority Chairman, Dr David Edmund. The Chief Executive role in 1996 followed an interview with the Chairman of Broadmoor Hospital Board, Ms Sheila Drew-Smith, plus a non-executive director. Saville played no part in either role. OK, so that was a statement there read by uh, one of our colleagues. What else did he have to say for himself, Tony? Uh, as I say, he said it's totally unacceptable for any person to experience abuse from either staff or volunteers in the NHS. He said there's no evidence of the 50 affairs he's to have had. Um, I asked him if he intended to resign his position as deputy leader on Welland Hatfield Borough Council. He said no, he did not, and in any case it was up to the leader of the council, and his name is John Dean. I spoke to Mr Dean and he told me he will support Alan. He's known him for ten years, didn't obviously know him when he was at Broadmoor, um, but Mr Dean said he will see how the situation develops. Tony, thank you very much. Sorry for my little mix-up there. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. My fat finger's getting in the way of life yet again. 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number, should you wish to give us a call. I was going to go to the front pages of the papers. There's no point, really. They all say the same thing. It's all Rolf Harris. All of it's Rolf Harris. Uh, the, the, the son uh, making a connection between Rolf and uh, Jimmy Savile at Broadmoor. Um, yes, Catherine, your hand Got is some, up. some uh, text messages here if you uh, want to have a look. Oh, yeah, go on. Phil said, the man who said that Rolf Harris can't go to prison's wrong just because there's a paedophile who is elderly doesn't mean they're any less guilty. The story also puts the idea that you have to automatically respect your elders in the bin, said Phil. OK. Um, another one, it's anonymous here. With regards to Harris, apart from a long sentence for an 84-year-old, say 10 years, I truly believe that victims should be given substantial damages directly from Harris's millions. That will hurt him as okay. much as prison. We're in danger of, of treading... And I'm, I'm going to be... Don't take this the wrong way, dear listener. I appreciate all your contributions. We are in danger of treading down the clichéd pathway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I, I just don't want to. There will be other places where you can indulge in those. Here's, here's a different thing, then. Go on. Um, Tony's saying about... This is about... Protecting your children yep. without making them frightened of the world. Go on. Tony says kids need to be afraid. Tell mm. them how it is. Trust no one. There are bad people out there what? and they're after you. Apart from that, enjoy your life. Well, the, well the, uh, uh, what? <laughs> uh, his tongue may be slightly in his cheek, but what age do you... At uh, what age? Remember Stranger Danger and uh, don't, get, you know, don't get into cars with strangers that try and show you puppies and sweets. Remember that? Yeah. From there what? was a song where I lived. Was there? Yeah. Children singing it with recorders and that. Oh gosh! Yeah. I remember there was an there was an advert with Keith Chegwin in when he was a young lad getting getting into a car. Uh, Charlie w- says. Charlie says. So from what age? Ten. Ten seems ten seems really young to to say there are dangerous people. I mean, we've had we've had with the four and two. The four is kind of taken in, I guess. The conversation um, about 
showing your body and, yeah. and pe- people touching your body. In as much as he, he, he went through a thing of getting his willy out and we said, look, that's a private part of your body. You know, you shouldn't really show it to people unless it's mummy and daddy or the doctor. The NSPCC have been to my daughter's school. She's five. And they've got a new campaign out called Pants. And basically, whatever's inside your pants is private. Yeah. And it's your domain and no one else is allowed yeah. to touch it. Yeah, and my daughter came home and there was a sad moment where she shut the bathroom door on me and said she wanted privacy. Mm. But I'd rather she had that than just be blundering out into oh, the world not knowing. I, I had to, can I say this story now? Yeah, I think I can. I had to grab my two-year-old's willy yesterday. What? No, I know. He was, he's, he's, he's out of nappies now. And he, but he stands at the toilet, just like with his hands on his hip. All right. All defiant. And Casual. It was, it was going everywhere. And I had to say, whoa, hey, now come on, look, you've got to hold it like this. But that's where dad's come in handy. You've got to teach him these things. And mum can't do that. Mum can't do those things. Oh, wait, that's, that's an interesting... OK, what age? Just be careful about the Rolf Harris cliche thing. I don't want to be lazy and... And flabby and you know d- d- let's try and d- if you can say something specifically about Rolf that's a little bit different and a bit new you're more than welcome on uh, but I, I like this thing as well at what kind of age do we start teaching children you know that there are bad people out there and how much is too much oh eight four five nine four double five five double five travel news for beds cards and bugs BBC three counties radio on the speed sensors, there are queues in Kings Langley. The A41, very heavy between the Hemel Hempstead turn-off and the M25. The M25 itself, anti-clockwise, queuing in patches between Junction 21 and 16. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. So an interesting twist there. Well, what age do we start teaching kids that actually, you know what, not everyone is as friendly as mummy and daddy? When's a good age to do that? Is five too young? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, councillors grant dispersal orders in Luton, prisoners abscond from Bucks Open Jail and Hertfordshire councillor denies Savile report claims. BBC Three Counties Radio. Councillors in Luton have approved a dispersal order for two areas of the town. It follows complaints from residents in Round Green and Wigmore about antisocial behaviour. Superintendent Dave Boyle from Bedfordshire Police says the order is just one of a number of tactics. We will continue to work with our partners. We will continue to work with... Um, the community will continue to work with parents, youth offending service, schools and others to be able to address the issue once and for all. This is just one tactic in our arsenal that we're, we feel is, a, is appropriate and necessary at this stage. Two prisoners, one a convicted murderer, have absconded from an open prison in Buckinghamshire. It happened in the early hours of Sunday morning at Spring Hill Open Prison in Grendon Underwood. The men are 46-year-old Darren Douglas from Birmingham, who was serving a life sentence for murder in 1998, and 32-year-old Ricardo from Burnley, who was serving a sentence for GBH in 2009. Thames Valley Police say the men should not be approached, but may have travelled out of the area. The deputy leader of Welling Hatfield Council has denied claims made about him in a government report on Jimmy Savile's abuse at Broadmoor Hospital. In the report, Alan Frayne is accused by staff of having about 50 affairs and contributing to a climate of inappropriate sexual behaviour. More from Tony Fisher. The Department of Health report includes allegations by staff that 
Lefrany put it about a bit and was using his accommodation for inappropriate activities. Frainy denies this and claims the various stories of about 50 affairs were attempts by those opposed to change at the hospital to discredit him. He says he has no intention of resigning his position as deputy leader. The Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott has spoken of his dismay that the entertainer Rolf Harris has been found guilty of indecently assaulting girls in the 60s, 70s and 80s. Harris left Australia for England in 1952. He'll be sentenced on Friday. Portuguese detectives investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann are expected to begin questioning a number of suspects later today. All are Portuguese passport holders, although at least one is Russian-born. More from Philippa Thomas. The suspects have been notified to appear at a police station in the Algarve this week. Sources close to the case have told the BBC that they'll be attending of their own free will and once they have appeared, they will be designated as Arguidos. Under Portuguese law, that means a person of interest. The suspects have been identified by the British police and it's understood that officers from Scotland Yard will be sitting in on interviews conducted by Portuguese detectives over the next few days. A motorcyclist was seriously injured in the crash which closed the M25 on the Hertfordshire-Essex border yesterday afternoon. Two lorries, a car and two motorcycles were involved in the collision at around 12.30. The motorway reopened yesterday evening. In sport, Germany will play France in the World Cup quarterfinals. The Germans needed extra time to beat Algeria 2-1, whilst France beat Nigeria 2-0. And Andy Murray is through to the Wimbledon quarterfinals after a straight sets win over Kevin Anderson. The weather dry and sunny, maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Well, I love living here and I think it's probably the sense of community. And all this week, we're featuring Tring. We're lucky, we've got a lovely big park here, Tring Park, lots of walking. It's the walking, actually, is really good in the canals, it's fantastic. It's all about where you live. I was born in Tring, I went to school in Tring and I worked in Tring. I won't move anywhere else. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Morning! This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine's through there. Morning, Catherine. Hello. There we go, you see? Lots to talk about this morning, including... Too many people are too scared to go on their bicycles. They're worried it's too dangerous. Well, that's got to be a good thing, hasn't it? Hasn't it? Cycling is awful. The less we have of them on the roads, the safer it will be for everybody. Dispersal orders, do they really work? We're kind of talking about Rolf Harris, but we're, we're looking for... We're looking for something that's not your typical... slightly lazy, knee-jerk reaction. I want a bit more from you, and I don't know what the question is specifically about Rolf. But if you can think of a way of developing that conversation... Then give us a call. If if we tread down Cliche Avenue, I will cut you short. Don't be offended. I just know we can do better. Catherine's come up with a nice kind of side route on this conversation. At what age should we start telling our children that actually, you know what? Not everyone's as nice as mum and dad and nan and granddad, and there are some weirdos out there. Is five too young? And, you know, you can call in about whatever you want as well. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Sheila's in St Albans. Morning, Sheila. Good morning. What would you like to say? Um, well, I'm, I'm, 
I'm very sorry for his wife and his children, his family. Yes. Because, Rolf, of course. Yeah. 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 I mean, because if he'd have sort of, you know, got to the point where people were saying, well, look, they've really got so much evidence, you know, and, and he'd put his hands up and been a, a man in that sense, then he could have stopped a lot of suffering, not just for the people that um, he'd been... Uh, it's, well, I suppose alleged it's, it's now proven that he was with, but also for his poor wife and family who turned up to court every day, and he's probably told them it wasn't me, it's nothing to do with me and all the rest of it, and they've had to suffer because they're now going to suffer an awful lot. And I think they'll suffer more than he will. Oh, I would have thought, yes, they, they've suffered the humiliation of standing by their man and standing by their dad yes. um, and going, whoa, hey, hang on, he's innocent. We're so sure he's innocent, we're going to stand with him every single day and hold his hand. Mm. Um, and it's come out that, that he's, he's, uh, he's he not at all. I guess, the, I guess the, the, the thing is, these, these people that commit these crimes, is um, that they, are, they live in denial. He probably, he probably still doesn't imagine that he's done anything wrong. No, but he's, he's self and I think this is one of the things is, you know, you sort of say, oh, well, he's a poor old man who's going to this. But he's selfish because he could have done something about this halfway through or whatever, but to, to, to force his wife basically to come and stand beside him and his daughter to come. You know, I think it's, it, the sentence should include what they're going to go through as well. Sheila, what, what age do we start telling children, to, you, you know what, not everyone is as trustworthy as your mum and dad? Um, I, I would say probably as soon as soon as you feel they are mm. able to, because after all, if a child can be approached at three, four, and five, mm. then obviously they somehow need to know that this isn't really what's on, isn't it? Sheila, thank you very much indeed. We're, we're talking about Rolf, but we're trying to avoid the kind of cliche hanging, flogging, castrating conversation and trying to take it somewhere a little bit different, a little bit. Uh, well, I know you can do this a little bit more intelligent. I don't know what the question is, though. Maybe you do. 08459 555. Now, Bedfordshire police have been given permission to impose what amounts to a curfew in two areas where crime and antisocial behaviour have increased dramatically. People in Round Green and Wigmore have been complaining about gangs of teenagers and older men dealing drugs, threatening and abusing them, and generally acting as if they owned the place. Well, Justin Dealey was in Wigmore last week asking people about the problems in the local area. Hell of a lot of druggies. It's more the school youngsters than the sort of school leavers, if you know what I mean. It's like the younger generation, but... What, during the day, during the evening, or, or both? Uh, I'd say both, to be fair. I mean, there's, there's kids selling drugs in schools, and it's ridiculous. It really is bad. And here in the evening, around these shops, lots of kids hanging around in, in big groups. I don't come here in the evenings for that reason. There's no point. There really is no point. And you're 30, and you're saying uh, yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that's So you it. can imagine it's somebody in their 60s or 70s? Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, I've, I've, my nan, she had a bag snatched just down the road. I've had motorbikes stolen from me. So, yeah, no, it. it used to be a premium to live here, but not anymore. Well, that was Wigmore last week, and uh, Justin's been back in Wigmore this morning. Now, Bruce, you've been living here since, what, 1978? You, you've been listening to Three Counties this morning. You've heard about this dispersal order. It's been confirmed. How does that make you feel? Good. Good. It's about time sometime <coughs> somebody done something about it, isn't it? Yeah, the, it's terrible. Yeah, I was just sweeping up here this morning. Look, packet of wacky backy that someone's dropped. I'm looking at that myself. I can confirm. So you found drugs in the local area this morning, and you weren't even looking hard for them, were you? No, no, just on the floor. The police now have got the power to to move these kids on, but of course it's only for a maximum of six months. Do you think in six months' time all the problems will return to Wigmore? I don't think they're going to go away anyway. 
they'll disperse for a little while and they gather on that corner there over there. They used to sort of gather there oh, 25 years ago and then they used this um, at night as a racetrack. They used to come down here to do their wheelies. You'd come here and find tyre marks all over the place but nobody ever done anything about it. It's been going on a long, long time. But still you're happy. It's a start. It's something. Yeah, something. Not much, but something. Well, joining me in the studio, Ollie Martins, the Police and Crimes Commissioner for Bedfordshire. And you wanted to correct something that you just heard in there, didn't you, Ollie? Uh, yeah, the, um, the dispersal order lasts for six months initially, but my understanding is that it can be extended. Um, however, I mean, I think what is, what is important to say is that the idea of the dispersal order uh, is not in and of itself to deal with the issue but to get a respite for the residents and also to provide uh, a period of time for the other work um, to go on and to take effect. Okay, we'll come to the other work in a second. Just explain for those who don't know, how does a dispersal order work? What does it do? Uh, Well, it gives the police the power to break up groups of people and to direct them to leave the area if they don't live in the area um, and for uh, people who are aged 16 or 18 years of age it gives them the power to direct them to return to their homes and to take them to their homes um, if they're if they're uh, around the age of 16. And if people ignore the dispersal order can they be arrested? Um, I think that's I think that's right, but I mean the you know the power is such that uh, that people you know they work they work they follow the direction okay. that they're that they're given by the police. Is there a danger, Ollie? That because um, kids like to congregate, they've been doing it forever. I remember doing it. kids like to congregate outside spa and shops and places like that, mm-hmm. and not necessarily cause trouble. It's just they've got nowhere to hang out. Is, is there a worry that um, the, the innocent young people who are just hanging out with their mates might be targeted? Well, this is, it's, I'll say it's quite a draconian power. Um, so that's why you have the safeguard that the council have to approve its use. Mm. That's why you also have the safeguard that it's not, it's not permanent. It can you know, last six months usually. Um, so, um, but, it's, but it's being used because there is an issue with antisocial behaviour in the, in, in the area. Um, and it's being used because of the impact that that antisocial behaviour is having on the people that live there. So, yes, it's a draconian power, um, but, you know, you, you do get to a point where the rights of the people uh, to live their lives, you know, um, peacefully, uh, uh, quiet enjoyment of the area... Um, outweigh the the rights of kids to congregate in gangs you're quite happy for your police to use draconian powers to to achieve this i think it's about striking a balance between the rights of local people um and the rights of young people um and on a temporary basis where you've got the safeguard of the council having to approve the use of the power um yeah i think that's uh, that's an appropriate balance to strike okay so you said this is this is primarily a respite and it allows uh, other work to be done what other work is going to be done to to, to make sure that this is a the, the the good that is achieved is a permanent fixture well a lot of it is about identifying who it is who's causing the trouble uh, and then following that up um, so we've uh, there's, there's CCTV that's been put into into the area to try and uh, identify the perpetrators um, we've then got the youth offending team engaged um, you've got uh, visits follow-up visit warning visits and follow-up visits 
being undertaken. Uh, you've got the use of acceptable, acceptable behaviour contracts. Uh, housing uh, are going to be engaged if, if that's relevant. Housing, in what way? What, what if, you, if you carry on behaving badly, we're going to boot you out? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Really? Do, 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 do you have the authority to, to, to do that in, in conjunction with the housing authorities? Well, it's a council power, right. um, so it's a matter for the council. Um, but yes, uh, and, you know, that usually works pretty well. Um, I mean, in most, most circumstances, you'd expect parents to take responsibility and that you wouldn't have to threaten mm. them with their tenancy conditions but uh, so if it, but if, that, it were, if you got is... a 16 and 17 year old and they're being little so-and-sos and they're threatening and they're abusive and they're chucking things uh, you, you could in theory go up to the parents and say if you don't sort these children out we will boot you out of your your council property that is a path that you can go down yes yeah. but as i say you would expect most parents to engage well before you got to that point but that is a that is a sanction that the council has how, does the previous uh, orders like this do we know how successful they've been i'm told that they they have been successful mm. uh, and as i say i think what uh, contributes to that success is that you're not using the dispersal order in and of itself to solve the problem it's about getting that period of respite taking the heat out of the situation, calming things down and allowing the other work to take place. OK, well, let's, let's keep our fingers crossed. We'll, we'll be keeping an eye on it. And uh, I'm sure the people that live there, we've heard so many stories, will be pleased that is, is, is the general reaction must be quite good from the, the I, residents. I think so. I think, yeah. as, you, as you heard the gentleman say, um, it, uh, you know, it responds to... The, the public want to see something happening um, when these situations get out of control. Um, so, you know, it's a, it is... A draconian power but i think it's right to use it uh in these circumstances to get that period of respite to sort the issues out ollie we'll certainly keep our on it thank you very much for coming in oh eight four five nine four double five five double five travel news for beds cards and bugs bbc three counties radio at the Black Cat roundabout, the A1 southbound very heavy as you approach the roundabout. Those normal delays are not being helped by the roadworks that are in place there. Also on the A1M southbound, looking slow between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. Elsewhere on the sensors, between London Coney roundabout and the Park Street roundabout, the north orbital very heavy in both directions and on all approaches to the roundabouts. In Luton, the M1 Spur Road, very heavy between the Kidneywood roundabout and the main carriageway. Public transport all looking good with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. I'm trying to do seven things at once here and getting none of them done properly. It's 8.17, it's Tuesday the 1st of July. Come here. Punch first of the month and their return. Thanks very much. You're very, very welcome. Uh, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Councillors in Luton have approved a dispersal order for two areas of the town. It follows complaints from residents in Round Green and Wigmore about antisocial behaviour. Two prisoners, one a convicted murderer, murderer, have absconded from Spring Hill Open Prison in Grendon Underwood in Buckinghamshire. And the Australian Prime Minister, Tony Abbott, has spoken of his dismay that the entertainer Rolf Harris has been found guilty of indecently assaulting Girls. Harris left Australia for England in 1952. BBC Three Counties Radio.
BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's just so friendly, so friendly. Quite an attractive, historic, traditional market town. And all this week, we're featuring Tring. And Tring is totally surrounded by area of natural beauty. Just an easygoing feel about the place. Inviting everyone to where you live. A lovely atmosphere, lovely feel. Everyone's very helpful and kind. It's a place on its own. It's rather special, I think. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. What you see is what you get, and that's what I like about it. It's an honest place. Very pleasant, attractive, rural, provincial town. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I won't move anywhere else. From BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon's me. Oh, that was lovely. Thank you very much. Very nice. I've been working on that for months, and I thought I'd debut it today. Really? It's for my musical. You're, you're, in, a, you're in a particular mood today, aren't you? I can tell. You're very... Uh... Yeah. Very uh, excitable. I am excitable. I got up really early. I had my, my youngest got into bed with me last night. It was ter- just a nightmare getting the children to sleep. So my wife took one and I took the other. And then they were fighting about it. And I just, I've, I've had very little sleep. I've been woken up with uh, a two-year-old farting in my face. Oh, no, I know, I know. And it's just... And he's, I wake up and he's chasing the cat around. It's just been a... It's been an odd night. Have you never heard of Calpol? Oh, you can't. Can't some you? parents? Oh, back in the day. Well, no, some pa- some of my friends have done this. <laughs> oh, the kids the kids are driving me crazy. I'm giving them a bit of cowpaw, or on a flight giving them some cowpaw. You can't oh, drug yes. your children. Why not? You can't do that. Well, what's the alternative? You're in this mood today. I'm in a good mood. Oh, this is a good mood. Oh, right. I mean, I'm tired and I'm I'm manic and I, yeah. I want to jump off of a cliff. But apart from that, I'm in a good mood. So you're not allowed to cowp on your children anymore? Well, you... Some They've taken do. away all your rights, haven't they? <laughs> you know, it's Europe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Straight, straight bananas. Exactly. And it's Junker's children. fault. Yeah, Junker. You can't... You, you cannot cowp on your children anymore. He'd probably anymore. be up for it. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he'll probably bring it back. He has cowpole for breakfast. <laughs> Jonathan Vernon-Smith said that litigious thing there. Uh, yeah, it's lady just a boss joke. And boy boss. Just a joke. What's on your show this morning? Coming up on this morning's big phone-in, I mean, obviously, it's the, the big topic of the day. It's Rolf Harris. I was very interested in the conversation you had with Matt mm. earlier, because mm. I think this may well be the angle today. I'm asking on the big phone-in this morning from nine, is prison the right place for Rolf Harris. Police are considering fresh allegations against Rolf Harris after he was convicted of indecently assaulting four girls. The entertainer was found guilty yesterday of 12 counts of indecent assault in the 60s, the 70s and the 80s. Prosecutors said Harris was a Jekyll and Hyde character who took advantage of his fame. The central allegation to this trial was made by a friend of Harris's daughter who he groomed and molested from the age of 13 to 19. The judge is now considering a prison sentence for Rolf, but he's waiting to see a medical report on the 84-year-old before making that decision on Friday. Well, I was interested in that that whole argument that Matt was making, Mm. that here you have an 84-year-old man. He's clearly very frail. I mean, you've only got to watch him when he walks into the the court and back holding his daughter and his wife. He's clearly a frail old man. His reputation has been absolutely destroyed. 
he's shamed, isn't he, publicly. Mm. Oh, you're shamed, humiliated, definitely. Everything yeah. he's ever built up in his life has now been destroyed. He will now always, people will always look at him, mm. never mind with a, a look of disgust. I think most people just feel hugely disappointed in him. Here is a man that I grew up with, you grew up with, I'm sure most people listening to this programme, we've all grown up with Rolf Harris being a, a feature on the television, haven't we? Whether mm. it was Rolf's Cartoon Club or, or whatever it may be. And because he will know that the entire nation, that nation that he as an entertainer has been trying to, to, to win over mm. and win their affection, he now knows that he's lost all of that. Is that punishment enough for a man like him? Ultimately... He's now frail and old and probably is not going to be a threat to society anymore. Mm. Do we need to lock him up in prison? Is that really the best way to punish this man? If we didn't lock him up in prison, would that be a terrible, disrespectful slur to the victims who he seemingly molested? Mm. From nine this morning, I'd like your views on this. Is prison the right place for Rolf Harris? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, let's go to uh, Chris. Morning, Chris. Hi, Hi, Ian. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks very much. What would you like to say? Good. Yeah, I mean, I just want to comment not particularly on Ralph's mental condition, um, you know, sorry, health condition, etc., etc. But he's a vastly different person. Than he was in the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, as all of us are. I'm only in my 30s, so I'm very different. But if I was being held accountable for things I did half my life ago, let's say when I was 18, so at a time when I could have been prosecuted, I could have been put in prison, um, not particularly me, perhaps other people at my school, other schools, people who vandalised things, people who, you know, went nicking purses at the weekend, you know, maybe over six months amounted 20 or 30 offences they were never caught for. Let's say that was provable now. These people in their 30s, should they be held accountable for what they did when they were 18, when they were very different people? People who are now business owners and employers, people who maybe run charities now, give, you know, give their lives to, to the improvement of others, yet they're being held accountable for something, which if they were caught at the time, they would be put in prison, they would be fined, um, particularly vandalism and violent behaviour. You know, they're, they're very different people now. So what's your question, Chris? My, my question would be, is, is, is this man the same man he was then? Okay. You know, we've already said he's probably not a threat to society now, but he's not been a threat to society since he got to that point and said, what I'm doing is wrong. I'm going to stop this. But he, uh, well, there are several things here. I, I don't know if he's. We don't know if he's ever reached that point where he said, "What I'm doing is wrong. I'm going to stop True. this." We don't know if he even acknowledges that what he did was wrong. He was denying it all the way through the court case. And I would, I take your point, but I would suggest there is a difference between uh, teenagers nicking purses and nicking a few CDs, and uh, a, a man in his thirties, his forties, and his fifties uh, abusing an eight-year-old and uh, grooming a thirteen-year-old. True, true. And there's, there's a line that he crossed and quite how 
far over that line he went in those different cases may be different. We, you know, we've had so many celebrities in the press lately. You know, this this man did this. This this guy. Yeah, but the, this this up. man, the, Rolf Harris, definitely did this. It's been proven in a court of law. He um, abused uh, two children and uh, and other women. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. So you're are you questioning whether he should be punished because it happened 30, 40, 50 years ago? I'm not. I'm not saying he shouldn't be punished. It would have been ideal if he could have been caught at the time, would have been punished great. at the time, yeah. and dealt with at, at that point. He was he was that man then, yeah. and he deserved to be punished for that. He is. He's not the same man. What would what benefit? Who's who's being benefited by benefited by putting him in prison? Uh, you know, okay. What, what, let me go through the list of who's being benefited. Uh, society, moral decency, uh, justice, uh, and the, the women that have been uh, abused. Absolutely. And we, we do live in a society where we prefer to punish than cure. We prefer to... Um, no, do, do both. Do both. Do, put, put him in prison and, and give him uh, therapy. Okay, so what's what what's it achieving by putting him in prison? We've got absolutely the therapy is absolutely essential. Yeah. You know, anyone who needs help, you know, if you know, even if it comes out of Ralph's wallet to to pay for these therapists, which you know perhaps would be a great great thing to do. But what what's the benefit of putting him away? You know, what's the benefit of okay? Uh, benefit number one, justice. Yeah. Benefit number okay. Benefit number one, justice. Okay, which is a very important thing in this country. Benefit number two, I don't, I don't know the last time he abused a child. I don't know. Stops him doing it again. True. Um, so those I are mean, two quite, those are yeah. two quite good, big benefits. Benefit number three is it, it sends a, a serious message to other uh, child abusers and other um, uh, people who commit sexual crimes that you will, uh, you, there is a stronger chance you will get caught that money and fame is no barrier to punishment uh, and that this stuff is not acceptable. So those are three really big reasons. It clearly has been a barrier because it's taken so long for each of these, Jimmy Savile, you know, and and the the other names that come out recently, it's clearly been a barrier. The way to get that message out would be to, you know, this this man molested this child three days ago. They're going to prison. Tomorrow. Yeah, but it doesn't. But it doesn't. But, but Chris, I, I'm I'm guessing you 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 don't you have never been or you don't know people who've who've who have been abused or at least have told you they've been abused because you can't. It, it, the abuser works using intimidation, shame, and fear. So if a seven year old, if a thirteen year old is inappropriately touched or is 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 advanced on sexually, uh, they are so fearful, they are so ashamed, they are so intimidated that they can't go hey mum do you know what that really famous fella off the telly touched my bum and i didn't like it and it made me feel bad and it made me feel dirty they can't do that they can't do that 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 power has been stolen from them by the abuser and that's why it often takes years and years and years for the uh, the victim to be in a strong enough position to come forward and say do you know what I'm going to claim back my childhood. I'm going to claim. I'm going to take back what was stolen from me. It takes a yeah. long, long time to be in a position to do that. Well, that's something that society needs to change. We we need to make that not a taboo. We need to do everything we can. You know, and there, and there are moves. There have been moves. Well, then let's send. It, let, if we send these people to prison, that that's one. That's one less barrier. That's one more indication that children will be taken seriously. It still won't. Yeah. You, you you still you know it, it's impossible for us to uh, uh, understand what goes on in a twelve-year-old's head, a thirteen-year-old's head, when they are abused by an older man that they perceive as being powerful, and however 
however welcome and opening society is towards victims of abuse, and I would suggest it's more opening now than it has ever been, a 12-year-old doesn't think like a rational grown-up. Even rational grown-ups don't think rationally when they've been sexually abused. Yeah, absolutely. But we, I suppose that's where we have to spell it out. This is OK, that's not OK. And that, yeah. that's the other thing you said this morning when it comes to this education. You know, yeah. you know the pants... Um, yeah. Uh, thing, you know, and one way of spelling out it's numbers. not okay is by showing that, that bad men and women, although it's primarily men, bad men who do these bad things will go to prison. Yeah. Chris, thank you very much indeed. 08459 four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Newport Pagnall, the A509 is queuing as you approach the M1 at Junction 14 for Milton Keynes. And the A1M southbound still very slow around Junction 7 for Stevenage just as you pass the junction. In Kings Langley, the A41 queuing between the Hemel Hempstead turn-off and the M25, while the M25 anti-clockwise is still looking very busy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. We've just had a phone call from someone, a a regular contributor to the show, I won't say who, I won't embarrass them, uh, who thinks it's uh, inappropriate that we're even talking about this. Have I got this right, Catherine? What, what was the, the comment because that was made? children are on the way to school. We shouldn't talk about it at all. We shouldn't be talking about it because children so awkward questions. are on the way to school. Well, what do you think? With, and by the way, uh, the boy boss, expect a phone call later on. Uh, but what do you think? Should we be talking about this? I think, I think we, we have to be talking about it, don't we? That's part of the problem, that these things have been brushed under the carpet. 08459 555 8.31, let's get the news with Simon. Across beds, hearts and bars. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The headlines, councillors in Luton have approved a dispersal order for two areas of the town. It follows complaints from residents in Round Green and Wigmore about antisocial behaviour. Two prisoners, one a convicted murderer, have absconded from Spring Hill Open Prison in Grendon Underwood in Buckinghamshire. And the Australian Prime Minister, Tony Abbott, has spoken of his dismay that the entertainer Rolf Harris has been found guilty of indecently assaulting girls. Harris left Australia for England in 1952. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Germany will play France in the World Cup quarterfinals. The Germans needed extra time to beat Algeria 2-1, whilst France beat Nigeria 2-0. The last two quarterfinal places will be decided today. Argentina faced Switzerland at five, with Belgium versus the USA at nine. Elsewhere, elsewhere Uruguay and Liverpool striker Luis Suarez has finally apologised for biting. Suarez says it will never happen again. And Cameroon are to investigate claims that seven of their players have been involved in match-fixing at the World Cup, in particular the 4-0 loss to Croatia. Former Luton captain Ronnie Henry says his return to Stevenage feels like going home. He's back at the Lamex Stadium after leading the Hatters to the conference title and will face Luton in League Two next season. A lot of people have said to me that what do you feel about going back to Luton? Yeah, I had mixed mixed feelings there. Obviously with the supporters, the majority majority of them, the six and a half thousand, were absolutely fantastic. It was just that minor minor few that obviously don't like it, the hardcore fans, but 
hey, I can I can go back there with my head held hard. Meanwhile, Luton manager John Still says he's thrilled with the £100,000 signing of Andy Drury from Crawley. Drury left Kenilworth Road for Ipswich in 2011. And Milton Keynes-Dons are being linked with 21-year-old striker Tom Hitchcock, who's been released by QPR. Andy Murray and Novak Djokovic are through to the Wimbledon quarterfinals. There are matches today for Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. More from Russell Fuller. Play 12-1-12. Murray is yet to drop a set despite facing stiff opposition from Kevin Anderson once the roof closed above centre court. Federer is another to have barely put a foot wrong so far and should have too much grass nous for Tommy Robredo, who beat him in straight sets at the US Open just 10 months ago. Nadal has the rising Australian star Nick Kyrgios to deal with. The 19-year-old saved nine match points en route to victory over Richard Gasquet last week. Nadal is likely to be far more ruthless. In golf, Woburn hosts an Open Championship final qualifying event today. And in cricket's minor counties championship, Hertfordshire start the final day away to Staffordshire on 36 for one in their second innings, needing 408 to win. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This Whoa, is yeah, the whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, this is it, the last 25 minutes of the show before Jonathan Vernon Smith. So what are we talking about? Celebrities that you... Hang on a minute, let me get this right. Let me get this right, Catherine. <clears throat> Celebrities you've shunned. Just slow, do it slowly, because a lot of them are elderly. OK. You know if you're walking down the street and you see someone off the telly... I-M-M-L. Sorry, yes. Uh, if you see them off the telly... They know what a celebrity there is. Are two, there are two responses, yes. I think. It's like the fight or flight. Well, there's a third way. if you're in the Mark Chapman category, but let's not well, even let's not go, go there. there. OK, you either go up to them and say how wonderful you think they are. Yeah. Or you pretend you haven't seen them and stare at them out the corner of your eye. So which of those have you done and when? There is a fourth one, of course, the, the Schwimmer effect, the follow. I followed David Schwimmer around town. <laughs> for, did you do that for I followed um, uh, Lady Diana around uh, Kensington for a little bit. Did you? Yeah, I did. I did. It's a wonder you weren't taken out. She was so beautiful. She and had a, rich. And rich. And she had a big black puffer jacket on. And she was walking down Kensington High Street on her own. This you think before. she was alone? She wasn't. No, well, she was on her own. And me and my friend went, oh, there's that woman who thinks she looks like Prince. Oh, my God, it's Princess Diana. And then she was crossing the road and she got stuck in a traffic island. And suddenly big crowds were building up around her. These four massive blokes just appeared from nowhere, either side, either corner of her, and just walked her away. It was incredible. They came from nowhere, these guys. Amazing to see. Their job to blend in, you see. Yep, yep. So I stopped following her then. Um, so ever got the file up by then. Yeah, well, steady on. That was, that was, that was before the file was... Uh, was uh, compiled. Even, even compiled. Don't <laughs> compile the file. Ever avoided someone just like a normal person? Like your mum, maybe you saw your mum, or you saw her as a friend. I've to, that annoying thing, now, now I don't live in London, I don't get it so much, but that annoying thing when you walk onto an underground platform and you've got maybe ten stops ahead of you and you end up standing next to someone you sort of know a little bit. And you're like, oh, hey! Oh, man, nice to see you! Oh, yeah, trying yeah. Trying think of their name, trying to think yeah. of their name, trying where, to think of their name. Where are you going? Tottenham Court Road? Oh, man, me too! Let's, let, hey, let's, let's, let's talk! And then you've got ten stops of... Awkwardness. Or you make an excuse. Oh, I've just. Um... Yeah, I've done that before. I've done that. I've done that every single time. London does that to you, though. Yeah. It makes you want to be on your own. Oh, it make, it, it really does. Dist- it, it cuts out your soul. It urinates on it, and then it flings it back in your face. And at that point, you don't want it anymore. But on the upside, you get paid more. Yeah, yeah. And actually, it's it's pretty wicked there, to be honest. Oh, I am ML. <laughs> Um, and oh, um, the the Rolf Harris situation. We're kind of looking for a slightly different 
way of dealing with Rolf. If you want to speak about Rolf specifically, let's try and avoid... Just have a think before you phone up. Normally, we welcome any old tosh. Have a think before you phone up. Is what you're going to say something new, original, fresh, that takes the, the conversation down a new path? Or is it the age-old cliche, let's, let's hang him, let's cut his what's-its off? For example, what we heard so far, we just heard before the, the half-hour headlines that he was a different person back then and yeah. he shouldn't be held accountable, yeah. wholly accountable for what he did. But the, and he, it was compared to someone nicking a few bits and pieces in their 20s and then being a businessman in their 30s or 40s. Should they be blamed for that crime? Well, I, yes... Uh, and also, uh, this is far more significant, uh, molesting an eight-year-old and a 13-year-old and other women, not to demean the other, the, 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 what happened to the older women uh, at all. Uh, but th- these crimes are far more significant than nicking a few CDs. We also had Matt who said he's been humiliated enough. 08459 455 555. And Catherine has come up with the interesting little side note as well. At what age do we start telling our children that, you know, actually the world isn't as isn't all um, the, the, the sugar and sweetness as, as we'd like to think it is? And not everybody loves you and wants the best for you. We've had some texts on this. Do you want to hear them? Yeah, go on. Sarah from Milton Keynes. We should educate our children at a level they can understand and for them to learn a password when being picked up by other adults. And if the adult doesn't know the password when the child uh, goes, he should not go with them. Instead, go back and tell a teacher. The, the problem with it's a nice idea. The problem with that is you know what it's like when you've got young kids and they're giving you your birthday presents? <laughs> yes. And they tell you exactly what's inside your birthday present before you... Hey, Daddy, look at this. It's a shaving kit. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. A, I'll never use it. And B, you've told me what it is. Or I'm not allowed to tell you about the secret that's under the bed. Yeah, exactly. It's shaped like a cricket bat. Daddy, we got you a Beach Boys DVD. Thank you so much. I won't need to open it now as I've got them all anyway. Thanks very much. So I, I would imagine... The password thing might have a similar... Okay. What about this one? Phil, we do have to teach children the dangers of life. We make sure they're aware of these sort of things without ruining their childhood. My mum always went on about not going off with strangers and I don't ever remember living in fear, but that was the 70s. I was probably more bothered about riding my bike and my marbles, said Phil. Um, And Jake in Bedford, I think it will be interesting to see how long it will take before people start to minimise Harris's abuse and start to blame the victim. I've already heard an interview like this on other BBC stations this morning. It's certainly been the situation in other cases of why didn't they say at the time and they're all in it for the money. Well, the gentleman just before um, 8.30 didn't mention all the money, but he, he, there was a slight implication of why can't, why can't this be sorted out sooner? Why can't these crimes come, the victims come forward sooner? And with sexual abuse... It's all about power, intimidation and shame. And if someone powerful uh, takes away your power, makes you feel shameful and intimidates you, you ain't going to tell no one. Also, It's not just kids, it's, it's adults. It happens to adults as well and they can't tell people because they feel ashamed. And if this happened to you when you were eight or nine, yeah. how long... It will take a while for the penny to drop, I think, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly what went on. Oh, yeah. Um, Jake says, in terms of teaching children about abuse, it's not about discussing abuse directly, but from a young age we should be teaching children about their bodies belonging to them. Yeah, we kind of do that with the boys yeah. at four and two, in, in, in as much as you can. In as much as you can, really. Yeah. Oh, wait, four, thank you, Catherine. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Uh, on the subject of dispersal orders. Dispersal orders got the thumbs up uh, in a couple of areas uh, yesterday, Round Green and Wigmore. We had Ollie Martins uh, coming in, who um, was a little bit fuzzy, I think, on some of the details of dispersal orders. Uh, Glenn's in Leighton Buzzard. Morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. What do you reckon about these dispersal orders? They're d- 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 draconian. Is that a good or a bad thing? Uh, I can't comment really. Oh. Uh, we had it in Northampton, and they just disappear. The police walk away, and then they come back. Um, what I rang Catherine and said about was the 
uh, in the early 2000s, if you got an ASBO, it was a sort of a, I've got an ASBO, you know, big, tough thing. Badge of honours for some people. Yeah, but but now we should we have the technology to take it further. Um, I think that if you've got an ASBO, you should be tagged. Uh, or you have your an app on your phone which can't be removed, which means that if you go into certain shops, or all shops, and the alarm bell rings, you know, like the exit, uh, the theft and that, it means you're banned, and that is an indicator to the shop owner to get you out. They would think twice about that then if they can't go anywhere. But quite, I mean, listen, there's some nasty things have been happening and those people should be punished. But I do worry, Glenn, that just groups of 13, 14, 15 year old kids hanging around outside Spa or Happy Shopper are going to be punished. Well, I mean, there there are two groups, aren't there? There, there? there are those that just sit there, they have a little chat with their friends because there's no youth clubs. Uh, I was lucky to have a youth club when I was their age. And then you do get some that are the 16 and 17-year-olds that start to intimidate people. And I have been the victim of intimidation in the past. And it's not nice because you, you know, you're scared to go out in case your car gets damaged or your tyres are slashed and stuff like that. Glenn, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Leslie's in Luton on the, the subject of Rolf Harris. Morning, Leslie. Uh, good morning, Ian. What would you like to say? Yeah, but um, that guy phoning not too long ago. Yeah, I think um, it was Chris. I think his name was Chris who who said that, that Rolf Harris is a different person now uh, and maybe we should be a little bit more lenient on him as, as the things he did were a long time ago. Now, just to say, we, d- we don't... Yes, these things that have been in the papers happened a long time ago. Who knows if he's done anything since then? We just don't know. But go, go no, on, Leslie, what would you like to it. say? And, and um, um, what are you trying to say? Nazis... Klukos clan that done evil things in the past, long, long time ago, even when they are 80s and their 90s now, shouldn't be um, taken into account and be charged for the um, evil, evilness in them days, which is happening these days. Uh, you, you make a very good point, particularly about the, uh, the, the Nazis. Even, I, think there was, I think there was a Nazi prison guard was arrested last week, wasn't there? Exactly. They're, they're still finding these old guys. Uh-huh. Listen, I am a firm believer, Leslie, in that people can do horrible, horrible things and they can change their life around and they can become different people. I also believe that they can make amends either to the person they've uh, uh, offended or society, but you also have to face the consequences of your actions. And if that means you did something illegal uh, or something particularly damaging uh, and there is there is a legal yeah, consequence, then you have to face that legal consequence. Yeah, exactly. But he knew what his auction was in them days. He's, in, he's, in, he's enjoyed his life he's in them days. He was rich and famous in, in them days. He was untouchable in them days. He thought he was untouchable for the rest of his life and, it, and he fell on his face now. Leslie, it's, it's an interesting choice of phrase to end the sentence with. He, he, fell on, he fell on his face. Thank you very much indeed. I do think if you've done horrible, horrible things in your life, horrible things, I do think you can um, become a better person and you can stop doing those things, whether that's through fat therapy or groups or just stopping. I do think you can. I also think you can try and make amends for what you've done. But if what you've done has a legal consequence then even if you have changed, even if you if 30, 40 years has passed since you committed that act, then you have to face the consequences of your actions. And if that means a prison sentence, then that means a prison sentence. Last 15 minutes of the show, we've got a couple of lines free. 08459 455555, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. 
travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things very busy in Newport Pagnell this morning. The A509 is queuing as you approach the M1 at Junction 14. And the A1M southbound is still very heavy between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. On the speed sensors in Hartford, the A414 looking really heavy from the A10 as you head towards the centre of town. And we've got ongoing delays on the M25 anti-clockwise, slow going between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. It's 8.45, it's Tuesday the 1st of July, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The the Bedfordshire Police Commissioner is backing dispersal orders as the right way to tackle antisocial behaviour. Councillors in Luton have approved orders for the Round Green and Wigmore areas of the town. Two prisoners, one a convicted murderer, are on the run after absconding from Spring Hill Open Prison in Grendon, Underwood in uh, Buckinghamshire. And the Australian Prime Minister, Tony Abbott, has spoken of his dismay that the entertainer, Rolf Harris, has been found guilty of indecently assaulting girls. Harris left Australia for England in 1952. Coming up, more of your phone calls, but before that, let's get the travel. Here's Georgina. Not the travel, the weather. And Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. The weather, the weather, the weather. I'm sorry, Georgina. It's, I'm, I've kind of 15 minutes left of the show, and I've kind of switched off. Sorry. I was just about to reel out my favourite motorway. No, don't. <laughs> so today we've got uh, quite a dry and well, largely dry but bright and sunny day. Lots of uh, sunny spells, cloudier moments too. There are a few showers around, but for most of us, it should be largely dry, with temperatures reaching 19 or 20 degrees Celsius. And tonight, uh, clear skies, a dry night, cool, but uh, not as chilly as it was last night with lows of 10 or 11 degrees. And another fine day for tomorrow, those temperatures gradually rising. So we're looking at highs of 21 or 22 tomorrow. And then perhaps even nudging up one or two degrees on Thursday when we have another fine and warm day. It all changes on Friday, though. The temperatures start to drop. We're still looking at uh, sort of high teens, perhaps um, 20 degrees Celsius on Friday, but certainly they're on the way down. Um, and it becomes breezy, uh, wetter as well, cloudier. And it looks like we've got a good couple of wet days to come from Friday onwards. But high pressure does build again next week. So they should start to recover somewhat, sort of the, the middle of the week. That's your latest forecast. Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they start introducing American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, last 12 minutes of the show, and uh, we've been speaking, of course, about Ralph Harris. We've been struggling this morning to come up with a, a, a different angle on it. What, 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 do you, what are you going to do as a phone in? Should you go to prison? Well,. Hmm. Should he? Uh, we, we, it, it, it would be easy to do a kind of slightly lazy thing, and 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 I didn't want to do that. And I, I think we found two interesting um, conversations that spring forth from the whole Rolf Harris thing. The, the first one, one that Catherine came up with, what kind of age should you be telling children that actually, do you know what? There are some dodgy people out there. 
The second one kind of came from Matt and, and was taken further a bit by Chris. Matt suggested that Rolf is old and uh, he's not very well and he shouldn't go to prison. And that it was Chris, wasn't it, the gentleman? Yes. Was Chris suggested that these crimes that he, Harris has, has been found guilty of, the last one was in the mid-80s. It was a long, long time ago. He's a different person. So what good would there be in punishing him and sending him to prison? Uh, Maureen's on the line. Good morning, Maureen. Morning. Maureen, what would you like to say? Um, well, about almost 40 years ago, two of my children, two of my daughters, were sexually abused, and I mean sexually abused, by a neighbour. He admitted it, and I took him to court, and he was bound up for 18 months. 18 months wasn't long enough for what he did to my daughters. And I still feel very bitter and angry about it. After all these years, I feel sorry for um, Rob Harris's wife and daughter. I really do, because they have to put up with it. They have to live with it. And regardless of age, I'm sorry, but a few months, you know, I think he should be bound up. I really do. He's done a lot of damage, people. Hello? I'm I'm listening, Maureen. I'm I'm le- I'm letting you speak. C- can I ask how old were your your children when when this this happened? One was eight and one was nine. They're grown up now. They've got families of their own. How they feel about it now, I don't know. But they had to uh, go to a police station in Dunstable. Were both uh, examined by a police surgeon. Both uh, came up with the same sort of thing. They had different things that would. Um, Look like a man's penis, and they both came up with the same thing. And he admitted it. <laughs> as a as a mum, Maureen, yeah. how on earth did you feel? What, how did you find out? Did did your kids tell you? Yes, my kids, my daughters told me. Kind of pretty soon after it happened. More or less, yes, mm. yes. His children would come and play in my house. His wife at the time. She was doing a twilight shift, AC Zerkos and Dunstable. And so these things took place when she wasn't around. And when your girls told you this, Maureen, how on earth did that make you feel as a mum? I, well, I felt absolutely shocked. I really was shocked, you know. And they just say, don't tell daddy, don't tell daddy. But of course I had to tell my husband, because I explained to them that what he did was wrong. He had to be punished for it. And that was it. And so, of course, when I told my husband, he said, right, get the police. And I did just that. Two police women came, took statements from both of them, which seemed to go on and on and on. And um, eventually, I took him to court. Within a few months, well, weeks, I would say, I took him to court in Luton. And he was bound up for 18 months. That wasn't long enough. He was a young man. He's got a family of his own. You know, so I felt sorry for his wife and his children. God knows how many more children that man sexually assaulted. I dread to think. It's not worth thinking about. And how long ago did this happen, Maureen? This happened in the 70s. Okay. I can... So this this was sort of 40, 45 years ago. I can hear you're still very angry and still very hurt about this, aren't you, all this time later? Uh, uh, 
Oh, sorry, I think. It won't go away. It's an old ghost. No, don't. Hey, listen, I, I, I just think that, it, that, that some listeners may find it interesting and, and um, uh, enlightening to hear just how upset you are so many years later. Because one of the questions that's been raised with Rolf Harris and all of these other stories is, uh, well, come on, it happened a long time ago. People should just get over it. No. And it's not easy to get over, is it? No. So it involves your own flesh and blood. You can't. You just can't. And Maureen, have you have you spoken to anyone about this? Have you seen a doctor or a counsellor or anyone like that about this? I haven't seen a counsellor, no. I don't talk about it. Do you not think that maybe sharing this with someone who isn't connected, who isn't a family member, might help you? I've shared, I've shared it with you. I've shared it with you. Maybe that's a help. That's a step in the right direction. I don't know. It might be a little bit too soon to, to ask, but I'm going to. How how has um, how has telling me made you feel this morning? Obviously, it's upset you, but d- does it feel like a, a, a release of pressure at all? A sort of yes, yes. Yeah, I'm an old lady now. Yeah, but even old ladies deserve to. Um, you know, not not carry burdens and resentments from from a long time ago. Even old ladies deserve to to, to be happy and um, be helped to let go of things. Mm. Do you speak to the girls about this anymore? Have you ever? When was no, the last time you mentioned it? it? In fact, I'm not on talking terms with them now. So, um, for re- reasons best known to themselves, okay. I don't know. Maureen, I'm really sorry to hear that. Yes, but I do have, I mean, I have a large family, so... It's Good. So you've got people around you? Yes, yes. Maureen, I'm going to make a suggestion, and it's only a suggestion, and you haven't got to follow it if you want. If you do, It might plant a little seed or it might not. Two things. Uh, one, we spoke to the Samaritans earlier on, and the Samaritans are great. They're not just for people who want to slit their wrists or have got a bottle of pills. They're good if you just want to talk to someone anonymously. Mm. Don't have to tell them your name. And sometimes it's good just to let things out. My second suggestion, and they're not for everybody, I understand. My second suggestion, have you got a good GP? Yes, I do. Have you spoken to your GP about this? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. But she's busy. Well, I know she's... Oh, Maureen, listen, I know she's busy. Of course course they're busy. But is she the kind of GP that you can talk to? Oh, yes. Yes, my second suggestion, and maybe this is the way to go, and again, if you don't take it up, it's fine by me. It's just a yeah. suggestion. My second suggestion would be make an appointment with her. And when you book it, it's, say it's not urgent, doesn't matter if it's in a couple of weeks. Mm. And maybe just let her know what happened. And, how, and more importantly, how it's making you feel. Mm. Yeah, that's a good idea. I could do that. Yeah. I'm in a care home, so um, due to bad health. Yeah. In fact, I'll be going to hospital in a two weeks' time. An operation. What you haven't done? Um, hip replacement. Oh, blind. Oh, they can do those. They they can do those like putting a car together. That'd be a piece of cake. <laughs> they'll 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 whip you open. They'll slip in the new hip, and you'll be you'll be doing the tango straight after. Oh, that's something to look forward to. It's something to look forward to. <laughs> Maureen, it's nice to hear you laugh. Just just have a think about that suggestion about talking to the doctor. 
All right? I will, yes. Thank you so much. I I feel privileged that you, you, you felt you could share that with me. It's been a privilege talking to you. Maureen, thank you very much. Thank you. See you later on. Bye bye. There we go. Oh dear. Yes, I think you're allowed to feel a little bit uh, teared up uh, uh, as a result of that. And uh, wasn't it nice that we managed to end that on a laugh? Thank you, Maureen. Uh, Sally's on the line. Morning, Sally. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Sally. What can I do for you? Um, I was just going to make the point, and I think probably Maureen illustrates it beautifully, mm. is that it's about the emotional connection we make. And the emotional connection that we seem to make with these celebrities is the very reason why this abuse has gone on. Mm. Um, I think if Jimmy, Jimmy Savile was alive today and he was... Nobody would doubt that he should go to prison. Yeah. But with Rolf Harris, he was a much more treasured figure. The trouble is, we don't have the emotional con- connection with the victims, mm. which Maureen's just spoken about. Yeah, I, I would... The, the people suggesting that maybe Rolf Harris shouldn't go to prison and that he was a different person, I, I, I would think, after hearing that story from Maureen, uh, you know, for something that happened 40, 45 years ago, to hear how much in pain she is, and isn't it interesting that she doesn't talk to her daughters? I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm joining too many dots. Maybe there's a connection. Uh, these it, things... Well, it might be that the daughters have had difficulties as a consequence of their yeah. abuse, and who knows? Who knows? But... Sally, listen, I've got, I've got to end it there, just because we're out of time. I, I hope you appreciate why we, we, we spent so long on Maureen, and I don't want to make assumptions about Maureen's family. Maureen, if you're listening, I do hope that uh, uh, you follow... I hope you listen to the suggestion, and uh, don't worry about that hip operation. They, they can do those with their eyes closed. I, I'm hoping he will have his eyes open. That would be terribly inappropriate. Um, but they, they can do those things like a piece of cake. Right, let's get the travel news. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors in Bedford, the A6 looking heavy as you head towards the centre of town from Oakley at the moment. Also in Hartford, the A414 still very heavy from the A10 as you head towards the centre of town. In Luton, all approaches to the Kidneywood roundabout extremely heavy at the moment. Also on the northbound M1, there are queues just before you reach the Junction 10 exit slip road. The M25 anti-clockwise slow between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Well, what a call to end the show on with Maureen. Maureen, thank you so much. Do let us know when you've had your operation and make sure everything's all right. Don't worry about that in the slightest. Right, that's it. That's your lot. JBS is up next. Catherine and I will be back tomorrow at six. Until then, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, is prison the right place for Rolf Harris? Police are considering fresh allegations against Rolf Harris after he was...